0: video coming to you from Calgary, Alberta, a city with frequent public debates and complaints about public artworks. (laughs) If you drive north on our major highway, number two, on your way to the airport, you will see a weird lamppost. It's a giant blue circle called Traveling Light, and it costs just shy of half a million dollars. I think it's kind of neat, but I recall people hating it when it went up, including our then mayor, Nahid Nenshi. The only thing I don't like about it is I don't think it actually functions as a lamppost, I think if it did, people would take pictures near it at night all the time.
1: Oh, this is, okay? Yeah, this is me. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's called the Blue Ring. Yeah, people hate the Blue Ring in Calgary. Like they hate it so much, still to this day, it comes. It's up.
0: officially called Traveling Light. No, I know, but, but people yeah.
1: call it the Blue Ring. Everybody has their the own Blue names Ring. For it. Yeah, it's it's a big Blue Ring. Uh, people. But hate it's got it. a lamp
0: post on top.
1: I okay. Can I tell you? This? I'm going to tell you this right now. People use it as it is the exclusive example of why public art sucks and should not be supported. Uh And I'm like, oh, that's nonsense. Like, nonsense. We have some amazing public art in Calgary. The Bow Building's head, like, is one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: I think I honestly see this more, because every time I head up to that movie theater way down there, I see it and go, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But... And then but, I re- have to remember, there isn't actually an orange one on the south side of town, which someone made a joke they should do, so it's just a giant portal joke, is our city. <laughs> but that hasn't happened. It hasn't it's happened. It's like, double up, go in another half million to make it funny. I But, but yeah.
1: I, I am going to say that I don't like the Blue Ring either. I just think it's okay. not good. I think it's just, it is, like, for, like, I, people talk about half a million dollars, like, well, all public art, it's a huge infrastructure thing. Like, it's going to cost money. Yeah. But it's yeah. It, it's not a it's not interesting or cool. I don't know. There are better art in I Calgary, still think but. if
0: it lit up it would just be kind of like a little taste of the weird or something. Like it's like sure. normal lamppost, normal lamppost, but weird it's not lamppost. It's just you know
1: thing. it's just the installation.
0: Yeah, and then I was thinking like, oh, if it did actually have a light bulb in it and electricity running to it, it would require so much more maintaining and people would be more <laughs> mad at it because it's like, yeah. it's costing us money every year, this <laughs> stupid thing. We should tear it down. Sorry, so, you're saying that yeah.
1: Nenshi did not like the Blue Ring either?
0: When I was Googling like what it's called, like one of the top results was just like, uh, Nenshi has weighed in on this thing and he's pretty disappointed or <laughs> whatever. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, how about that? In in all fairness,
1: like, if you're coming from north, like, from the north of Calgary into Calgary, and you get it, like, driving into the city, and you're like, oh, that's the first piece of art, public art we have in the city. Yeah, I'm going to be like, oh, man, this is going to be a rough go, this city of ours. But then. (laughs) Like, it's
0: no, you know, St. Louis arch or something.
1: But Yeah, it's not even (laughs) close to that. But that being said, you go into Edmonton, and it's like, hey, look, it's rail yards.
0: I just remember there, like up in Edmonton, there's this kind of like glow, like metallic pebbles pile or something. Yes, yeah, and on, on it the way to looks West kind Oven. of fun in springtime, but in the wintertime, it's a giant snow mound like <laughs> all year. It just creates a big well, and since and, since, of it's wet and snow.
1: since it's Edmonton and they don't get uh, chinooks, it literally is just a snow mound from like most of the year. It's just
0: yeah. this <laughs> gross pile. So yeah. yeah, kind of inconsiderate of where you're putting it, I guess.
1: Yeah, but, no, those yeah. are, I think, on White Mud on the way to the West End, right? Because I've seen them a bunch of times. Uh, that makes sense because we're
0: on the White Mud a lot. So, yeah, probably. Yeah, because yeah. if you're
1: going to Edmonton and you're from, like, not living in Edmonton, there's no point going past the river. Mm-hmm. There's not much to do up there. Um, yeah, I, I guess we're talking about public art. I like public art quite a bit. Like, I've gone to whole other cities and been like, let's go see the public art installations. It's, like, some of my favorite stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Did you know, I, this is an anecdote that people talk about, because people also don't like the Friendship Bridge. Is it called the Friendship Bridge? What's Oh, that? the, the bridge Peace down, Bridge? The Peace Bridge. People yeah. in Calgary hate it. They're like, that's another waste of money. But It, uh,
0: it was rather expensive. I think it's kind of neat looking, too, though. I was sure. almost going to save that for a later time, but it's okay. We can talk about it. But there's this
1: anecdote I heard from a friend who was traveling in Europe, and they stopped off at a gift shop in an airport. And, one, and at the gift shop, there's, like, always these, like, archaeological coffee table books. And mm-hmm. they came across one where our peace bridge was on the front cover of this archaeological book about bridges. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, like, sometimes public art is not about the people in the city. It's about, like, world recognition. It's like world- Like international
0: community kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: Attracting tourism. People come... Because people, like... Whether we like it or not, I whenever I drive past it, because when you, I go down Memorial quite a bit, people are standing on it taking pictures. Like they're, it's it is an attraction piece that people. go Yeah,
0: to. yeah. I think I think that one. I don't know if the city at large has warmed up to it, but I definitely think it's kind of neat. Like as well, yeah. it's it it stands out in a good way. Oh, for so, sure. No, yeah. I, I like it. I, I, think, just... I think cleaning it and maintaining it's a little weird. <laughs> like just with all the like and crevices. <laughs> oh, you'd have to stuff. be spraying it down like crazy. Yeah like repairing glass in it and whatever is kind of a headache, but oh, well, yeah. that's the price you pay.
1: <laughs> but it is the price you pay for art. Art is like, like if you want to have a bigger conversation about art and it's like, well, all art is also about waste, right? Like it's all about, cause it doesn't form any function other than just beauty. Mm. So it's like every piece of art then is a big piece of waste. Like every movie well, the bridge
0: watch, you can walk across the river with it. So yeah, but like you cool. can walk
1: across a footpath one too. Yeah. Like, so the art of it is the, is the waste side. We watch a movie and it's like, well, a movie is art and it's beauty and it tells a great, beautiful story that we can love. But it also could be seen from somebody's eyes as like, oh, that's just all waste. Like you just have a bunch of people running around using resources to make something that doesn't matter. It's not helping mm-hmm. anybody or solving any problems. So it's like burning yeah, it's, stuff and blowing up things. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. specifically this week's movie, but yeah, no, I don't. I, yeah, I, art doesn't have to be functional to me. It's it is nice when it is functional, but I don't. I don't think that's true. I was I was in Chicago. And there was an installation at the Institute of the Museum there, the main, oh my goodness, I forget what it's called. Uh, anyways, and the whole thing was they had like 12 um, receipt paper till things printing, live printing tweets as they came in.
0: Oh, weird. Okay. And so the yeah. floor
1: was completely covered in till paper because they've literally, since they started the project, like, three months earlier they've like millions and millions of posts have gone through so they printed every single one of them on yeah. this till paper and so i'm standing there just watching and i'm like i, I think this is saying something but i'm looking down i'm like that's a lot of just paper that you're just throwing like it is
0: I, it sounds interesting though just like is. how much garbage data are we like putting in our brains every day or something well and then it's and saying like, seeing, like if, seeing it with like a physical representation yeah exactly it's like saying you like
1: if if your every word that you put out there in the world created a bio footprint, like a like a physical footprint, mm-hmm. would it be worth your time to make the, to say these like yes yeah.
0: would you guys tweet less if you knew
1: it was doing this <laughs> exactly or something? So that's I think that, a little. Harder. That is the question. I think that they're supposed to ask. But I mean, they're also doing the thing that they're saying that you shouldn't. I have some great photos of it. I, I loved it. Like it's mm-hmm. uh, even from the outside. Like when you stand at the outside of the museum looking up it's about a good three feet high of like off the floor of till paper that they've already yeah. built. So yeah, but it was cool looking. Yeah. So
0: I kind of realized I never said my name's Nathan Roar and
1: I live in Calgary. That's uh, why I was very I like, that's why I just had up. the big gap and you're just like pointed at, <laughs> at me. and I'm like, no, you have to say something. And then I say, yeah, something. that's
0: true. I kind of forgot to f- fill in this whole thing. I just started talking about art, but oh, well, It's okay. That's, that's me. Nathan
1: yeah and I'm Ryan and as always I'm watching movies with my friend Nathan so
0: thank you uh this week we are kicking off our new batch one we've talked about for a long time uh behind the scenes high (laughs) concept action movies uh particularly those that arrived during our formative years in the 1990s uh we're starting things off with a very literal interpretation of the word high with cliffhanger a movie set high in the rocky mountains uh it marks our second film starring sylvester sloan that was directed by rennie harlan but it's arguably a little bit better than driven which we looked at way back in our second batch uh, that's if you remember yeah that, was, that we no, did not significantly like that movie better.
1: we did not like that movie it was yeah. i
0: just want to remind people of our franchise pictures uh, yeah, that's episodes right. so yeah uh, it was written by michael france and sylvester Stallone. And uh, premise credit was given to climber John Long, who came forward when he found out a movie was being made and was like, hey, I said that once. And they're
1: like, all right, here's some money. (laughs) I think he actually had a script, but I understand what you mean.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Release date, May 28th, 1993. I was pleased to see it debuted at the Cannes Film Festival, (laughs) May 20th. Uh, Out of competition. Yes. But still. Uh, prestigious uh it cost 70 million and pulled in 255 uh a lot of that international based on a little blurb in the wiki yeah uh 84 was u.s and canada so 171 of that was international and japan loved it for a while
1: apparently it's to be fair it was a a hit that stallone needed in his career he hadn't had like a hit for three years at that point because rocky 5 was a modest hit and then oh, okay. before that would have been, like even Ra- even my mom will shoot and stuff. That flopped. All those things flopped. It was uh, yeah. like yeah. Rambo three even flopped for them.
0: What was so. that gangster movie he did? Oscar. Oscar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's Alvin okay.
0: man. Isn't it? It might be. I've heard it's kind of funny, but it I didn't make money, so that's the thing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, do you want to run us through the the <clears throat> summary of Cliffhanger?
1: For sure. <clears throat> Gabe Walker is a mountain rescue ranger. After a terrible accident leaves Gabe Walker, an aimless wanderer and questioning his decisions, Gabe Walker is not certain he will ever climb again. Meanwhile, a group of criminals have tried to steal three suitcases of dollar bills from the Denver Mint and lost them on the mountains. Now, Gabe Walker gets called in for one last climb can gabe walker stop these mad criminals before they murder all of gabe walker's friends sylvester stallone stars as gabe walker in cliffhanger hang
0: on the poster says hang on in really big letters well and and sort of the trailer the trailer says
1: says like hang on like a bunch of times at
0: at the screen yeah shoots you
1: so yeah, I just really liked uh, his, like how often they said his name was Gabe, and how often they, they him say Walker. Gabe
0: a ton. I kind of got like confused at one point with the Tucker and Walker thing. I thought they gave false names to the
1: criminals. I did too, but it was like no, those are just their last names. It's <laughs> like
0: oh no, on the radio they just found out the real name is Hal, and it's like that doesn't matter. That that's his <laughs> first name.
1: It, Hal Tucker, Gabe Walker. Oh, okay. Yeah. They say their so. names so many times, like so many times. If somebody calling, like if it's a friend, they call each other by their first names. It's if an enemy, they call them by the last names, and it's a good way to differentiate. If you, it's if you, helpful. In case you lose track. Yeah, I <laughs> in mean, in case there's you... a lot of
0: radio communication, so you know, you're like, hey, Hal, where are you on the mountain? Yeah. Hal, do you read me over, kind of yeah. stuff? And it's Gabe. like, oh okay, great,
1: Gabe, my love, Gabe, come in. Yeah, there's yeah. lots, lots. Hey, lots, Jess,
0: lots. it's me, Gabe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, I was happy to see the Carol Co. logo. I yeah. don't really see it a lot, but it was kind of the mark of like, oh, this can be an action movie
1: <laughs> for a while there.
0: Um yeah. they well, were in not in some...
1: ninety three. Ninety three was No, like...
0: this was late in their tenure. Yeah.
1: To the point where I was like, Oh, they, they had enough money to make this movie at that
0: point? I I was pleased to see the TriStar logo on its own, no Columbia stuff, which was yeah. also kind of a weird thing. I think I well, think there was a trivia note that this was the last time that happened. Yes. like that TriStar logo. So,
1: yeah. Well, to be fair, uh, Carol Co. made this movie and TriStar just distributed it here in North America because it's a Studio Canal film over overseas.
0: They contributed some budget, though, TriStar, because yes. Carol Co. was in some like bad financial trouble. They had to shut down a couple times during photography. Uh, I just want to know, Brittany has never seen that logo before. <laughs> like it came up on the screen and it was just like, what? what? What is that? And I was like, Oh, you weren't watching Rambo movies, <laughs> apparently. So, <laughs> Or,
1: yeah. wait, isn't Carolco like James Cameron, also Carol Coe?
0: I swear, I think some Terminator stuff is Carole Uh Yeah. But there's also that I'm Gale pretty sure T2 is. or
1: whatever. Yeah.
0: I'm pretty, I don't think she's yeah, seen those either. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure either.
0: T2 oh, wow. Or at least the beginning. We were sitting in a pub once and, like, the extended T2 was on, but it was well underway.
1: Okay. So you wouldn't have seen she the She would logo. never have seen the Carolco symbol come up before. Yeah, because... Yeah. um. Because James Cameron was big Carolco, he was direct. He, at this point, he was developing a Spider-Man movie for Carolco before they went mm. under, and like famously, Carolco made Cyborg with Jean-Claude Van Damme, based upon a screenplay and all the sets that they had built for Masters of the Universe Two. But then that movie got scrapped, so they made Cyborg to make their money back.
0: Okay. I was kind of wondering, like, what failed enough to kill Carolco, because some of these are hits, like, Cliffhanger made money, but I guess a lot of that didn't go to them. No,
1: yeah, and it was, like, the late 80s stuff, like, uh, like, Masters of the Universe, they were just known for, like, making quick, mid-sized budget films that Mm. people thought were okay, and then they eventually just, like, got they got a bunch of properties like Masters of the Universe and then, like, the toy line was like, oh, we don't want you making our movies anymore so we're, we're withdrawing. Like, they want, they were about to make a sequel and the toy line who owns Master, like, He-Man, was like, we don't want you to make these movies anymore because you did such a terrible job the first time around. So, <laughs> like,
0: you actually hurt our toy sales so just forget it. They
1: did. Well, and yeah. also, He-Man was like a blip. Like, it was like a two or three years of a flash in the pan and <laughs> yeah. then, well, and then, Carico didn't make Masters of the Universe fast enough, so by the time it came out, it was already over. Like, yeah, you need like
0: a yearly sequel schedule. Well,
1: Turtles was already like taken over the toy world type of thing. Yeah, it Um... lasted
0: just long enough to make that joke not land in Ghostbusters Two. So it's great. Like that little (laughs) kid's like, well, no, 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 but that actually makes it. What is that? What is he talking about?
1: But that is that makes the joke even worse though because. They're well, it's take...
0: time-stamped 1989. No, I know, but it's yeah. like,
1: if, if if it is time-stamped 1989, and uh, it was already dying in 1989, that's saying, like, we want the dead franchise before the Ghostbusters.
0: That's how irrelevant the Ghostbusters <laughs> yeah. were. They uh, to be fair, up he has a big deal him. now.
1: Like, it's, there's, like, Kevin Smith's working on a He-Man show, like, he's She-Ra. Like, I feel like it just, it fizzled, but it had, like, a really intense peak. Okay. Like, I remember He-Man toys when I was a kid, wanting to play with them. I, how are we talking about He-Man? But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow London, we've Dolph gotten London's too He-Man. hung up
0: on these, uh, these logos, but they were fun to see.
1: Well, okay, so it was interesting, because when we first set out to make this podcast, we were deciding to, we wanted to base our logo, OK Video, off of, like, the old school, like, um, like video...
0: Like VHS era type, like things you'd see on logos start of type a tape of thing, right? Kind of stuff, yeah. And
1: yeah. I, I honestly wanted to be more Carolco because it has a circle to it, but it was like their animation is pretty intense. Like I wasn't going to be able to replicate that. Yeah. Right. But Orion has like the straight lines and the stars, and I was like, oh, this actually could work. And so we, we kind of ours is like a, a bit of a lift on Orion pictures. Um, yeah. So it's
0: another dead thing. Yeah. But <laughs> but another dead thing. Yeah, um, but yes, this, this basically ballooning in budget from 30 to $70 million did
1: not help Carol Co. last very long, uh, well, but oh well. at least. But I was reading in there. that they made this movie, like Stallone signed on to make a movie with Rennie Harlan at Carol Co., and it was a completely different film, and then that movie fell apart, and then it just folded into Cliffhanger, so I yeah. assume... The money for that went into this. Like, it was just like... Oh, like,
0: as... development stuff for Gale Force. <laughs> like, Gale early Force. on.
1: Did you hear... Yeah. Did you read about this movie?
0: Well, it was like, is this not Hard Rain? Like, this is basically... Or Hurricane
1: Heist or something like that that just hurricane came out?
0: Hurricane Heist, yeah. It's like, there's a raging hurricane and this, like, rescue worker guy, like, fo- foils a heist during But, like, it, like for pilots. Pirates...
1: Fi- pirate Gold, I think, isn't it? That was Modern the, the one note? Like, it was yeah. Pirate Gold. It wasn't like, like a bank heist. It was pirate gold. I was like, that would have been a movie. Like, what would that have been? But mm-hmm. Stallone signed on to that, and then, but yeah, and then somehow that got shut down. So they're like, let's make Cliffhanger, and it's like, wait, Cliffhanger was your backup, like secondary idea. We like this Gale Force movie more than Cliffhanger. Like, I mean, all you can of tell you like, these guys fall into,
0: like, diehard Hard copycats in a way but this this i feel differentiates itself quite a bit like i've definitely seen stuff in the last few days of just like oh die hard on a mountain (laughs) it's like (laughs) i guess because there's bad guys and there's guns well and rennie harlan is
1: the big thing right like rennie harlan is like he was like i don't want to make this die hard too yeah he's like i don't want to make this movie because it feels too much like die hard but it's like Okay, yes, you kind of have an everyman, but he's not really your everyman. He's, like, the world's best mountain climber. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, he's one of the top <laughs> dozen climbers in the world Like, was involved in this. So he's John, good at that. Yeah.
1: John McClane was just an okay New York City cop. Like, just an okay... No, yeah,
0: it's not like he's some legendary hero cop at the outset of that. He's just some schlub. yeah. Who, like, yeah. people,
1: like, until you get to the fourth movie, that's when they, like, become, like, he becomes an icon. But that third yeah. movie really leans into him just being, like... No, he's a mess. Like, nobody likes him. He's crap at his job. He's drunk all the time. Like, it's bad. Like
0: You think you already have some clout from, like, I saved a skyscraper and I saved I mean. an airport? Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> but no, he's, ah, he's just worse. a drunken mess. That's what I mean. What a, what a I, that's, joke.
1: That's why I kind of like the third movie, because it doesn't play into the myth of, like, John McClane becoming, like, an action star by the fourth and fifth film. Right? Mm-hmm. But... For for Gabe
0: Walker here, he's pretty mild-mannered about himself. Like, he's just a rescue worker. I remember the intro to this movie, like, blowing my mind when I first saw it as a kid because I thought it was such a crazy turn. Watching it again this time, like, with my wife there, it's just, like, they really telegraph this quite a bit with, like, a (laughs) lot of attention given to this character, Sarah. Yes. And, like, asking her questions and reassuring her.
1: Like, hey, are we going out for supper tonight? Yeah. it's like... That
0: that that line for sure definitely like it's like, wow, this is entering into like American sniper territory or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like the end of that movie has like really heavy like don't worry, I'm gonna come play Minecraft with you later, buddy. And it's like why is this a scene if not ominous portent, you know? So it has some of
1: that going on. But, okay. I will say, like, yes, you're right. The, but you're also right that like when I was a kid, I saw this movie I remember we used to be part of Columbia Publishing House. Do you remember mm-hmm. Columbia Publishing House? Like, wh- no. What What do you mean? So like, Columbia Publishing House was like, you would sign up for movies or s- tapes or CDs. Oh, and- like,
2: <laughs> okay. Like, it's Larry like Disney Movie Club
1: Larry gets now.
0: roped into the Columbia yeah. Record Club back yes. in the 60s, right? Yeah. So, yes, they did expand to movies at some point. I believe my dad and I did talk about it, but we decided, no, we'll just go to Walmart and buy movies <laughs> okay. or something like this. I so we can- probably saved money. I convinced but, yeah.
1: my parents to sign up for it because it was like one of those like get all these movies for ninety nine cents deals, and mm-hmm. free shipping. I was like, "Mom, it's like a great deal." Problem is, back in those days, they had a lot more fine print than they can get away with nowadays. Where it was mm. like, "Oh, you have to buy a certain number of movies in a year, or else we penalize you." Or if like you, at
0: regular price,
1: yeah, yeah. Or if you don't like say you don't want this movie, we're just automatically going to send it in the mail to you and charge you full price.
0: Oh there's many okay, times yeah, where it's like receive you're subscribed them. to movies.
1: <laughs> well, that's what it was like and you had to cancel. Like it's like so Disney Movie Club still exists and every month I get an email that says, "Hey, do you want to buy this?" and I say, "No." But in this thing it was like we'd send it to you and then you have to say no by sending it back to us.
0: Very within a crafty. certain amount of time.
1: And my parents yeah. were so bad about this dist- Columbia. And I was just like, okay, cool. We have to buy five movies right before the end of the year. So I like sat down with them and we're, we're buying these five. Cliffhanger was one of the first ones we got off of this thing and because we, we rented it. And I loved it. So we got Cliffhanger. But as a kid, I loved this opening scene. It terrified the pooper out of me i was
0: like it plays it pretty light for quite a while and then like as a kid i remember just like suddenly there's this zoom in on like a strap starting to go bad and i was like oh no what like this is gonna go awry that's crazy because everything's so fun prior to this you're it's just like, like
1: establishing him as a hero. He's like, oh, he just saved that person. That's great.
0: It, like, this is every day. He's just helping <laughs> ladies get off mountains
1: that they climbed up somehow.
0: <laughs> like, him and Michael Rooker are there. And I guess Rooker screwed up his knee or something. So hurt he can't himself get down. climbing
1: this mountain with an amateur. Rock climber, who is literally and the, the person
0: they're on, is insane. Like, it was just like, <laughs> well, I don't know how you guys got there. <laughs> That's gnarly. Uh, so, they're sitting up there with a flare, and Frank, the friendly helicopter pilot, sets up the zip line system mm-hmm. for them to get out of there. It's genius. And yeah, and then buckles start flipping out, and like straps start sliding, and it all goes really bad. So, I, uh, I can
1: talk about this scene at length. There's actually a, hu- a bunch of in my head that I have like things to talk about. Yeah, go uh, ahead.
0: It's a it's a pretty key setup for Gabe, so yeah, so one, and the tension with him
1: and uh, Hal and, so, and Hal yeah. later, yeah. One big thing is they had to put a disclaimer at the end of this movie because they were utilizing real life branded m- equipment,
0: like real climbing gear stuff. Yeah,
1: and they put a uh, they put a disclaimer at the end of the movie, being like these uh, these harnesses were intentionally like destroyed, like intentionally malfunctioned so we could get the sh- scene rather than like, so people wouldn't like these climbing companies were like, you can't use our equipment without this disclaimer because nobody's going to want to use our equipment, but the movie wanted to use authentic material. So they were like, okay, we'll put this disclaimer in to say these, this equipment won't fail. Like it won't fail. Like it did in the movie. We made it yeah. so it would fail in the movie. So that was, that was really important for the climbing companies to be like, mm-hmm. um, the, I'm actually kind of impressed by how dark that ending is to that scene. Like, she yeah, no, is pretty, pretty her. crazy. We just, yeah. there's literally a, a wide shot where somebody's actually out there on a line falling. And it's like, she is pleading so painfully with Gabe. Like, I don't want to die screaming stuff. And it's like, this is a rough opening to just a fun action like, movie. Like, this is Oh, intense. man. It's
0: not just her, too. Because Hal's in his headset just being like, don't you drop her, man. Don't you do it. Yeah. Don't you fail me right now. And it's just like, this is so much you're putting on him in, like, the worst situation ever. And then, yeah, yeah like, her glove slides off and that's it. She falls. Yeah. And Sarah Sarah plummets to her death. And it's, yeah, it's pretty awful. It's <laughs> just how start. That's how the whole really movie starts.
1: Place. And then the movie yeah. just makes choices. Okay. So the biggest thing I want to talk about, <clears throat> have you seen Ace Ventura when Nature Calls?
0: <laughs> okay, relatively recently I saw this yes! scene. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I Okay. So I already loved this scene going into Ace Ventura When Nature Calls, which is better than Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Um and I was so because there's the movie opens that movie opens with Ace rescuing a raccoon on a mountain yeah. cliffside. side. Yeah. And he goes through a similar situation, and they just parody this scene, parody this scene so kind of perfectly. like beat
0: for beat, but it's a raccoon, so <laughs> it's lighter but still kind of crazy. But yeah, and then it sets yeah. up
1: him being like uh, like going into isolation into a. Uh, Oh yeah, with, like, like Ace monk.
0: retreats to a monastery. Yeah. Uh, Gabe g- gets a job in Denver and kind of hasn't climbed in a year. Yeah, uh, and is seems to be done because he like really because he can't handle the PTSD from this awful thing that happened. But oh, cool guys in the '90s don't have counselors or anything; they no. just act cool. Well, they just and suck it up, up and move on, heads. right?
1: Yeah. But honestly though, I thought I thought Stallone played this pretty well. Like there's a good chance of somebody being pretty flippant about it. Like mm-hmm. like that he would he would have gotten over it or he was fine, but like he's like really broken from this stuff
0: oh no he seems broken but jess is kind of being weirdly unfair to him like it's just like oh yeah come on climb a mountain again come on you can't leave it like that and it's just like what like it's just some randos on the radio like like he, he's not just like abandoning his job he he doesn't have this job anymore yeah <laughs> like he has left and he's just like how I many great climber he'll take care of it like whatever
1: I think this actor played it too jovial, but I think there is too good advice or something. Yeah. I think there's good advice to him just like like picking up old habits again to be able to move forward because he was stuck. Like he's very much in a space right now post this incident where he's just stuck in life. He isn't doing anything that he loves. He seems mm-hmm. depressed and upset. And, like, he still clearly loves climbing. He just can't bring himself again because he can't be right. too... Like, yeah, he...
0: he's blaming himself. He's second-guessing all of his decisions in that moment because, like, yeah, should they have sent another harness out and he stayed in the Well, that was Hal's, Hal's solution.
1: Yeah. So her harness breaks. Hal's solution is to throw down his harness for her to grab onto. But as you clearly see, she is, like, falling and is, like way too deep down on like holding onto the end of her harness with her hands that she wouldn't be able to climb back up and grab a new harness. So Gabe's idea was from
0: Gabe's vantage point, he can see that she's like faltering and panicking like right away. So it's about to go bad. So, so Gabe rushes out there himself up about it and, and has decided to leave the climbing life behind. But like I briefly alluded to, um, they got this distress call uh, about these five hikers that have managed to get stuck in this really tricky spot on the mountain, uh, and the storms coming in. But the movie uh, has provided us, the audience, with the background to these these hikers. There's this sky heist that goes on. The uh, U.S. St- like you mentioned the Denver Mint, who apparently doesn't actually mint dollar bills in real life, but Mints whatever. coins
1: only. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that would have been a really weird movie. <laughs> Just <laughs> Just these this giant giant buckets,
1: of, these giant things are coins like quarters
0: thousands of kilos of <laughs> coins are in the mountains it's like well that sucks like what are we supposed to do with that so it's like three heavy cases of of large denomination bills that can't normally be circulated like if you or me found these we would get busted for because all them the out cer- there.
1: all the numbers are being ser- have been serialized as out of circulation like they're not in circulation
0: yeah but Eric Quaylen. Uh, has the international connections necessary to move this currency. So the FBI has been keeping an eye on him uh, and they send their agent on board this plane to kind of prevent any uh, chicanery, but yeah. it's too late uh, because today is D day for this, this plan. Uh, I, I kind of like this, this sky high stuff. Oh, I think yeah. the sky heist was like me getting on board with like, Oh, this is a high concept thing then, <laughs> you know? Cause like, Hiker fights bad guys, eh, but the reason they're up there, like I think sold me on this whole thing. Like there's some techno thriller business with
1: like I this think, crazy okay, stunt. I think yeah. you and I need to talk about what high concept mean to us because like techno thriller has nothing to do with high concept to me because like mm-hmm. I don't consider the net to be a high concept action film.
0: Uh, I wouldn't call it an action film at all, but I'd say it's maybe a high concept thriller because it's like identity theft and stuff when that was like a really early idea.
1: What I'm trying to say is like, I think high concept in my mind is like, it's not just Stallone going and getting revenge as like Moretti, he's a cop. It's like, what if Stallone was a mountain climber who gets put into a situation where he has to take on terrorists? Like that concept is high and not logical. So that, but we continue to make this movie out of this type of
0: thing okay but I mean in speed that cop is still a cop he's a SWAT guy he's the guy you'd want handling it but the plan that's in motion is so nutty yes. that I'd still say
1: that but that's that's what I'm know? saying like that's the con like the the high concept is the pitch line you have like what's like what's the crazy thing for speed it's not that it's a cop going after a bad guy it's that oh they're on a bus and they can't go below 60 miles per hour and they're stuck like that's the
0: it's, fi- it's 50
1: but yes, sorry, yeah 50 isn't it 55. Maybe it's 55. Anyways, but I feel split the it, difference. I feel it's
0: only 50, but either, either way, whatever.
1: But it's like, that's like the pitch line that you give. Like, you don't just say, oh, Keanu Reeves is a cop. He's going after Dennis Hopper sending bombs up everywhere. It's like, no, you say the bus line. Like, I say yeah, Stallone is I don't a, know
0: what the elevator pitch quite is for this, other than, like, there's Stallone kind of an armored a- car robbery in the sky, and then money falls into the mountains, and this climber is, like, the hostage that's supposed to retrieve them for these terrorists, right? But I think you're like focusing these, on
1: the wrong thing. I think it's like Stallone... Like, it's like Stallone is a mountain climber who has to kill bad guys who are, like, got in the middle yeah, of the Yeah, I guess
0: maybe, like, the extreme sports angle is the thing. Because I kind of forgot about these other characters that are, like, base jumpers <laughs> Yes, that are friends with Gabe, uh, I guess. Like, they, they have that Jeep conversation. Mm-hmm. where they drive up on him and are kind of just like, yeah, dude, we're going up to the tower. You want to come with us? Or we have an extra parachute for you, blah. And then it's just, what? No, I'm, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and then they're teed up for later involvement in the story. Uh, but yeah, it's basically, yeah, extreme sports versus guns, <laughs> I guess would be the thing. Um, but there, there's a crazy stunt in the sky. The, this is the most costly stunt in the history of movie stunts. To, Up until this that point. Yeah. to this day is it still to this day i i think so and i don't know if it will ever go down dam- like well maybe the number will be surpassed because inflation yeah uh, but i feel there's safer ways to do things now or special effects ways. So yeah why don't you so describe
1: like, the why don't you describe the stunt so people understand why it's <laughs> okay
0: so our fbi man sitting in his seat and looks out the window and oh what's that there's a plane in the clouds like tailing them uh so he's starting to get fidgety about that uh, Agent Travers, who is our Treasury like representative, Paul Winfield, talks to him a bit at the beginning. Uh, he goes up to the pilots and says, like, hey, why don't you lower the plane and slow down a whole bunch? Uh, and the FBI guy's like, oh, wow, yeah, you're you're, you're pulling some stuff. You're going to hijack the plane. Uh, none of the other Treasury guys believe him, so they pull their guns on him, and then Travers shoots all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh Then he sets up like he unlocks the cases, uh, puts them on this long tether cable and like uh, has that ready. But he basically Lithgow's plane is going to come up behind this big plane and they're going to climb from one plane to the next plane with the money. Uh, So the stunt is how like getting a person to actually do that. (laughs) Uh, which had never really been done. Well, they in wanted...
1: Fact, and Stallone didn't want it to be... Like, special he wanted effects. it done. Like, they were like, well, let's do this. Yeah. Uh,
0: a lot of insurance companies wouldn't cover it, uh, so the in studio Europe, had to pay, like, a million dollars. I thought so it was just straight-up illegal in Europe to it's, do this.
1: So they were filming in Europe, and they couldn't film this stunt in Europe because for, Europe was like, no, we, no one's going to do this. And then in... They had to move that one stunt to North America. Yeah. And that's when it was like, Oh, insurance companies are not going to cover it. So Sloan put up his own money as like the, like collateral collateral or whatever. So the insurance company would be like, Hey, it's not our money that we're losing. If something bad happens type of thing.
0: Yes. But fortunately Simon crane made it, got his million dollar payday. Uh, the, I guess technically he didn't climb from one plane to the other, but he was tethered way behind the plane and like near the other plane, and then they yeah. cut to our actor getting pulled into the plane. Yeah, it's seamless. Like I, Klubber, I didn't Klubber, even think I, when about you it. watch
1: it, you couldn't tell. Like you can obviously tell it's not the bald uh, mint treasury dude, but it's you can like it's you can't tell that. Somebody doesn't go across and then climbs into the plane like that yeah, type it, of Yeah, for
0: all intents, like, a human goes out on this crazy cable and, like, flies out to another plane. Uh, he he does not trust his fellow terrorists immediately <laughs> and, like, voices that. Like, there's a lot of, like, chippy feelings between these, these terrorists. Oh, these it's just terrorists like,
1: are not working with each other. Like, they're begrudgingly working with each other.
0: Yeah, this is not a, like, tight-knit heist crew there's no. a lot of like angry glances at each other and suspicion uh but yeah lithgow is running the show he's qualen uh they <laughs> okay this was a beat that i forgot happened i was like how does this all go wrong like the pilot is on their team like the the rival the, the other planes pilot yeah like i don't think he makes it though what no, goes on and then he steps on dude's hand and an FBI agent has been shot a bunch, but he's still alive. Yes. Uh, so then this guy is just like ultimate hero of the Treasury Department because he based, he almost foils this entire thing. Uh, well, no, single. no, he does.
1: He well, if you watch to the end of the movie, he does foil the whole thing. He
0: effectively foils it, but yeah. in the moment, it's like there. This money is still lost, I guess, from the like it doesn't. Well, yeah. Great. So
1: he he gets up and he shoots the captain, and then starts firing. Yeah, he shoots on- the pilot. Yeah. Starts firing on the neighboring airplane, uh, which causes well, them to Well, be the like,
0: cases are kind of in between the two planes yeah. dangling on this cable. Yeah.
1: And then... Uh, but then... Th- which causes their plane, like, the secondary plane, John Lithgow's plane, to, go like, start going down. And they're like, okay, screw it. We have to, like, detach. And then they blow up the main treasury plane, because that's always been the plan with the... Uh.
0: That almost goes against them. They set a five-minute timer bomb on the plane, and they assumed this would all be done in a short short order. Yeah. But yeah, they they run out of time, and the plane explodes while they're still tethered to it. Yeah, and yeah, so None now the cases fallen. are just hanging below the plane and fall. Yes. Uh so yeah, they they are they're in trouble. And then their plane can't lower the landing gear cuz these bullets also destroyed the hydraulics. Yes. uh of the plane. So they're now a crash plane in the mountains uh with 120 million dollars scattered mm-hmm. about. So they they put in this call to try to I guess rope some No, they they're really their angle is to get a rescue helicopter that they can hijack,
1: yeah. right? But there is a there's a, a storm going on at that point. And right. the so on the on Gabe and Hal's side of things, there's they decide to do the ascent. So this is when Gabe re enters in as a broken human being type of thing. Like we had a sense. And right. Jess is like, hey, you should go on this one last climb. Hal's already started and you can go meet him up there. And this in like without showing you his prowess as a climber, they effectively show you that Hal's like that. Gabe is an amazing climber because there's a scene where, like, Hal got a head start. He's working his way up a ledge and he meets Gabe at the top of this, like, ledge piece. And Gabe's mm-hmm. already there, just sitting and relaxing, type of thing.
0: Uh, he climbed a different face of the mountain that yes. was way more challenging. That's is, what I mean. Like he, what's stated. He yeah. went up
1: faster, but it's because he's willing to take those chances because he's able to.
0: Mm hmm. Um,. I guess at the beginning of the movie, before everything went really bad, there's some crazy kind of free free solo climbing going on underneath this, like, huge lip or whatever. Uh, I'm assuming was that was Wolfgang yes. Gulich. Yeah. So when
1: I was a kid, I was convinced. Cause I actually still think this stands up, but as a kid, I was convinced that was Stallone. Like, I was like, that guy's so strong, he could probably do that. Like, he could go yeah rock climbing and it's like there's there's some wide
0: wide shots and stuff so i'm assuming that's when they're concealing who we're seeing but it's pretty good match really oh yeah and they i
1: bought in yeah there's many shots where i could i could if i pay attention to the back of the heads it'd be like okay that's probably not stallone um that that that's the case like they just did really good double work like you never got a sense like, really bad. We've seen a few movies where really bad double work where it's like, hey, slow-mo oh, the of phantom. the... Oh, <laughs> phantom. Yeah. <laughs> you get slow-mo of the uh, stunt double's face, and it's like, oh, that's not Arnold Schwarzenegger on that motorcycle. Or um, just
0: wildly different builds and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, this this blends in reasonably well. Uh, but, yeah, like, it, it's a weird, like, sad note that's mixed in here, but... Like Wolfgang was ostensibly like one of the pioneer climbers of his era, Yeah. like uh, increased the grading system that climbers even used because he was climbing crazier stuff than anybody else at the time. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, like I would have assumed a guy whose life is daredevil, crazy ass climbing <laughs> died in a climbing I- accident. Well, but even he was he like fell he... asleep on the Autobahn yeah. like in Germany and, and crashed, crashed his car. his car.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, before this movie even came out, so this movie's dedicated to him, which, when you see a dedication, even in a movie, about crazy stunts, you kind of assume, like, oh, somebody died doing a stunt, right? It's like, no. No, this guy did all those crazy things, and then he died in a car accident.
0: No, he was, like, yeah, really sleepy after some late interviews or something, and, yeah, yeah, tragedy all around, even so, but it just, it didn't, you know, extreme sportsmen and death, like, they have this odd (laughs) kind of relationship game going on but yeah it's, it's it's crazy but yeah he passed away in 1992 uh so another gentleman had to stand in for the rest of the climbing stunts yeah. but yeah
1: um oh so yeah Hal and gabe meet on this like like little section before getting up to the terrace to be hoodwinked and how this is the first time we get their interactions post what happened to the, the intro of the movie and how mm-hmm. is like get out of here like I'm gonna let like throw you off this cliff if you don't leave right now, type of yeah. person. He's still very angry with Hal, with uh, Gabe, and the choices he made. He's certain that his harness idea would have saved her, and that Gabe is responsible, like solely responsible for her death. Um, yeah, which then sets I, up their tension before they go off into battle.
0: As a young moviegoer at the time, this was probably my first time noticing Michael Rooker. Really. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I'd probably seen him in small stuff here and there, but this, this is probably like the biggest role I'd seen him get up to that point. And then probably shortly thereafter, I would see him as one of the villains in six day. So, (laughs) you know, yeah, that's Uh, true.
1: Uh, yeah. But he's pretty
0: great here as Hal.
1: oh yeah, he's great. Like, and that scene where they're yelling at each other kind of reminded me. And I was like, wondering if James Gunn did this on purpose. James Gunn and Michael Rooker, I mean Sylvester Stallone and Michael Rooker have a pretty emotionally charged scene in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 mm-hmm. where they talk about like their creed and how they don't take kids and sorts of, and Stallone has to say all this like mumbo jumbo like like about you betrayed the core like he just says all these things about like that's true in their culture that, but it's like just made up because it's comic book stuff mm-hmm. and he like sells the, they both sell the scene and I was just like Oh, these guys are like this. Is nice, like just seeing them back together, being emotionally angry with each other. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feuding, I guess.
0: Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um,
1: so they yeah. get up to the plane. So
0: the- uh, Quaylen and and their crew have been monitoring the like their progress by binocular or whatever, uh, and pull their guns on them right when they approach the wrecked plane, uh, which did they expect a plane even
1: at that point? <laughs> No, I don't know if that's no, what they, like they said. they were just yeah. shocked and confused the whole time, like, once the whole thing kind of kicked off.
0: So, so yeah, they, they get uh, taken hostage. This is where I felt like the plot wears to its very thinnest somewhere around here at one point. It's like, wow, this barely held on for me. Because uh, at some point we need Gabe on his own fighting the terrorists. Like, that needs to happen. Yeah. And the way the movie kind of gins it up but uh, like it was probably my biggest issue. So they send him, they have this little tracker device. Travers is the only guy who knows how to run it. Uh, so yep. they can't just kill him. Uh, they're pretty pissed at him at this point because the plan didn't go well. Uh, <laughs> so they send uh, Gabe up this crazy cliff to go retrieve one of the bags. Mm-hmm. Uh, during that time, while he's still up there on a rope, uh, they have this really loud conversation with each other of just like, huh, we don't need two guides. Kill him when he gets back down. And Rooker freaks out because, of course, and he starts well, yelling. He kind of
1: says it to Rooker. Like, it's not like loud. He just says it to Rooker. Like, mm-hmm. he's just like, I think it's more like Quailen is just kind of an arrogant dick. He's pretty
0: arrogant, but I just feel like this this premise they've established with like, we have two guys... We only need one. Just kill Hal. He's right there. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> like, I guess so. I, I Gabe's
0: already doing a great job for you, climbing this cliff to get the bag. He's the better climber. We know that. They don't. I guess.
1: Yeah, but, we we know that. I, I mean, I I guess I guess what I would be thinking like, there's for me, there's other bigger plot holes in this movie than this one. Because I'm like, oh, they get rid of the person. But it's like, this guy's the most vulnerable right now because he's also attached to this rope and he could just fall. And they're kind of like... This is a very sadistic group of, like, terrorists. Like, Mm -hmm. very sadistic. They are, like, pretty cruel. Just, like, randomly killing animals and, like, people for whatever their whim or whimsy type of thing for fun. So for me, it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, they would probably be more interested in the fun, quote-unquote, fun kill of, like pulling a guy off of a cliff and making him fall to his death. Then like the easy kill shooting shooting. guy
0: that's standing right there. Yeah, I guess like, I, I don't know. Like ultimately an avalanche is triggered by them shooting up at him anyway. But I was kind of just like, I guess you could still have this avalanche plot beat, but why not just have that be the reason they get separated and they assume Gabe's dead, like figure out some other way to trigger this avalanche. And then you're in the same place plot wise anyway. I think, making, well, I think my to, issue is it makes the bad guys seem, like, pretty dumb. But that's, I, I'm
1: actually going to make the argument that I think the movie's are okay with that They're pretty dumb because I think they are pretty dumb. Like, okay. I like John Lithgow in this movie, but he never makes a good decision in this entire film. Like, he is pretty sure. dumb. Like, yeah. like even their whole I, heist, I like
0: Lithgow, too. They kind of, like, make him seem like, oh, he's crazy and ruthless and everything. But it's like, he, he just seems like he's... Making a lot of dumb choices, yeah.
1: So, a big thing that, for me, was just, like, as soon as the problems went wrong with the two, like, airplanes, why didn't the one airplane just drop really low so the bags would have, like, fell to them, essentially, on the road? Like, slid towards
0: the... Yeah. I I think they kind of just have it, like, oh, no, they're getting shot, like, the cockpit's getting shot during that, so they're too, like, befuddled to do anything. But, yeah.
1: I don't know. And then, just, like, the... like, weird crew of people he put together that none of them even like each other. Like, it's just... (laughs) And how he was, like, he was so expendable. Yeah, I I have some, like... It's not criticism to gain Lithgow because I think he's doing a great job. I have criticisms of Quaylin as a person that it's, like, I don't think they wrote a smart character, but kind of on purpose because... That's the only way to make this type of movie work, where the, all the advantages are with the people with the guns and the helicopter and the sp- and all this, like, and, and like, the positioning and the bodies. Yeah. So to make this work, you kind of have to, like, give the advantage to Gabe, who is weaponless this entire movie, essentially, by making the bad guys not smart, like, just not clever people. Which mm-hmm. I'm okay with it, because not clever people exist in this world
0: sure it's just for him to be like this notoriously successful international criminal but like he's this bad at it <laughs> i guess was kind of nagging at me uh i guess he doesn't really get to rise to that like hans gruber level of yes. just like oh or he's just kind of underestimating one man or whatever like you don't really get that that's what's going on it's just like now this guy is just out of his element maybe because he's, well, he's even mountains. underestimating
1: how to his face the entire time after that too Like, why does and Hal's
0: almost kind of fleecing them a bit with some of the stuff? It's like, oh, we're gonna deliberately take this really long way to try to buy Gabe some more time or whatever. Yeah, like instead of like, oh, no one in the world could climb that. Like, do you want to give it a try, kind of thing. So then they go this other way. Uh, Uh, For a while, I was also like, how does Gabe know where these are? But I guess he just memorized the screen. Like he saw the scan points on their little tracker thing and knows exactly where those peaks are kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that's I would say that He was also tracking them too, I think. Because they never really got too far away from the group based upon a couple shots they had. There's one but really they're, cool... But they're still
0: able to kind of keep ahead of them to get to all the cases sure. before the bad guys do. I think it's so. because
1: they would just take the quicker routes because Michael Hal was taking the wrong ones. There's this one cool shot that they did, which looked pretty real while I was watching it. Um, it's a wide shot. And Hal is leading the terrace on the upper part of the cliff like the ledge but -hmm. you can see gabe and jess on the lower part walking at the same time but they're walking like at a more treacherous part of the thing do you remember this shot
0: oh yeah i think there was a clever edit hidden in it like they kind of whip from like that overhead view of them and then there's like a blur and then you look at him on the side of the cliff no
1: it's a wide shot i'm saying this. this is a pure far back wide shot that is like like, small people walking on a ledge, small people walking on a ledge, oh, uh, top okay. and bottom. I was like, yeah, I, okay. it looked practical, looked in camera, like it looked real. And I was like, oh, that's well staged for like that difficult of a shot to be able to shoot. But I, mm. I actually thought this movie was a pretty well shot movie, generally, because the amount of stuff that they switch back and forth between on location and on a stage, soundstage, there's many action scenes that go but cut back and forth between we're on location and we're in a soundstage. And they kept it pretty seamless. Uh,
0: yeah, I felt like the cavern looked pretty good. Um, I'm assuming some of that had to be a soundstage. Yeah. but there there's this kind of frozen lake later that looked a little soundstage A hundred percent. But there's shots yeah.
1: within that sequence of Travers running on, like running around, and that is he's actually on location sometimes
0: like it's a wider shot of a real mountain or he's region. just
1: running through real snow next to a real tree and then it yeah. cuts to him being next to a similar tree on a sound stage. Like I w- I was pretty impressed with the seamlessness of going back and forth between sets and not sets. Even though I some, could, you're some, right, I could tell if it was a set.
0: Yeah. Something that bothered me more as a kid was like knowing this wasn't filmed in the Rockies, <laughs> you know? Like it was just like oh, we're going out to Italy to the Dolomite mountains and it's like why what, what why didn't you just come up here? Like film film in the Rocky Mountains. What's, I think it's what's warmer there.
1: I think it's it just warmer, warmer, in, warmer Italy? in their mountains. Yeah,
0: yeah. okay. I guess, Our uh, mountains are pretty cold. <laughs> we'd rather fake snow than actual frostbite and stuff. Yes. Yeah, I think, yeah that's, okay. I think
1: honestly that's what it came down to as a part of it. Yeah. I think also Canada didn't have a great film credit back in those days. We didn't get a lot of movies. Right. So. It's
0: ostensibly the Denver Rockies, so I can still kind of be like, I've never seen those, so maybe they look like this. It's not, to, like, it. it's not as egregious. It's not as
1: egregious as uh, Eddie the Eagle, filming in Calgary, which is
0: set here but totally not filmed here. Yeah, yeah. That's despite us having tons of that infrastructure still. Well, and
1: hosting another hosting in Calgary, another filming of another movie set at the same Olympics. Because the cooling ro- cool runnings was the same Olympics, Olympics, mm-hmm. and they filmed that, in Calgary. That was
0: shortly after it happened, though, so stuff was fresher. Oh, but, sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, but it would a great way to uh, things up.
0: So Jess, Jess uh, decides to head up after them because she's not getting radio feedback from them uh, and finds Stallone in this kind of one uh, refuge point, like this kind of old lodge or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they suit up with like some ancient uh, <laughs> like climbing equipment and a sweater. Uh, there was and, one uh, line in here, too, that I found really like, oh, we got to keep the plot in a way that makes this make sense uh the cold killed her radio so <laughs> the cold they're not able to ask for any help <laughs> yeah so I I yeah know. but i hate like...
1: man so many movies would not even have that line of dialogue in it
0: mm-hmm. so, so many movies would would thought...
1: just that would be a plot hole where they would just be like wait why is she not using her radio it's like no they told you why because the cold killed it
0: the cold killed it that's how crazy this storm is yeah it was it's gnarly out there all, all i know man uh, is
1: like they gave you that line of dialogue so you can't complain
0: I'm not... Oh, sorry. Okay. I retract, <laughs> retract my complaint. Well, because, like,
1: so many people, like, there's so many plot holes in other movies where it's like, wait, why didn't they just use their cell phone to call for help? Like, mm-hmm. that's a
0: thing. At least they stated there there was no working radio they could have used. I'm yeah. glad somebody thought of it before they were wrapped filming, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Stallone now has a sweater and some, like, 60-year-old ropes. Well, okay. Uh,
1: Can I tell you something that I, th- I didn't notice until this time? Both mm-hmm. Stallone and Jess are wearing like lululemon style pants like tights. oh i guess so yeah and i'm just like looking at like is that prac is that climbing gear like is that was that common for climbing gear and i was trying to pay attention to the beginning of the movie he had like proper clothes on but then he opted for tights and i couldn't tell if it's because like is this alone like a body thing like like my butt's gonna be on display type of like because it's a good butt like, i
0: i can honestly say i didn't think about it at all but okay
1: but yeah. like, we, but we're not our target audience to look at Sloan's butt. Like, that's in the 90s. That was not the target audience. Part of the appeal. Yeah. So, so. I'm just saying, like, he was wearing tights in a, a bunch of movies. And I was just like, oh, this is you don't often see male characters wearing tights on screen for large portions of a movie. That's all. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, choice, especially yeah. action stars. But uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. They're... So
0: they team up and rush out to get ahead of them to the next case, which Gabe knows where it is. Uh, they find it and manage to replace it with a snowman, yeah. uh, to taunt them. <laughs> yeah. Which is, is a fun little thing. And then they, burn uh, they the want to trade for how, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But then they burn um, the money and it's a wonderful cause he's gives that one line of dialogue.
0: It is a fun line. They make fun of the line, but it's still pretty good. Uh, yeah. do you want to, do you want to state? Oh, a hundred
1: percent. So he's, they're making a fire and he's getting warm and it, and he says, it costs a fortune to keep this place warm.
0: It, he just says it costs a fortune to heat this place. Oh, he. <laughs> but it's a little snappier. But yes, and then then he says, "Bad joke, I know, or like yeah. bad humor." But it's, uh, but it's not. It's a it's good. Not, it's, it's a, a good, good line.
1: Day. But the fact that he also says bad humor is like, oh, okay. He understands we're not in the '80s anymore because that would have been a one liner just from the '80s, and we would have moved forward from there.
0: No, yeah, unironic at all. So yeah. yeah. Uh, during the night, there is that kind of chase with the night vision goggles guy, uh, mm-hmm. that ends up with him, like, s- sledding down on this henchman, oh, and then pushing his head down into the snow, and he gets, like, crazy cut up, like, Because he's going burns. fast.
1: They're he's sliding real fast. really fast down that, like, that slope, and he's yeah. just pushing his face into this, like, pretty packed down snow, and his face yeah. gets, like... This movie is violent. Like when the yeah when the... no,
0: Renny Harlan throws some violent beef stuff in there. A lot of squibs earlier during like the sky heist shootout. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this gets pretty gnarly, kind of unnecessarily too, because this man is about to fly off a cliff anyway. <laughs> but he has to be in horrible pain before yeah. that happens.
1: Because <laughs> they're terrible uh, people. Yeah, still, they're pretty bad. They're trying to still steal money. Does a from pretty good thing where like you get that classic like <laughs> he pulls out his axe and as he's about to go over the cliff he perfectly lands in and jumps safe type of thing and
0: it's, it's kind of foreshadowing vertical limit kind of stuff hey
1: there is okay there's actually this is there's something coming up that we're going to talk about that has got some yeah. fer, that vertical limit was able to do and this movie was unable to do but we'll not talk allowed
0: about it. to do they they could have done it but they did oh, well. do
1: it they just had to take it out anyways and i've yeah. seen it with my eyes the whole bit the whole bit and i'll talk about okay later. Anyways, uh, we'll talk
0: about it later. Uh, Our extreme sports dudes are there the next morning. Uh, They run afoul of the terrorists, and one of them tragically gets shot to death. Uh, The other manages to base jump out of danger a little bit, but he still gets hurt a little bit and tangled up in the trees. Uh, This is probably the greatest thing Frank does in the movie is save this dude. (laughs) I was like, I was worried about this dude. I was like, this guy's like, they were so chill. These two kind of goofball surfer type guys. This sucks that <laughs> they get killed, but at least one of them makes it off the mountain. There's so, a line of dialogue from Frank over the radio where it's like, hey, I took that guy into the hospital, it's fine, <laughs>
1: kind of thing, so great. he's he's Does good. Frank Frank gets an introducing, or uh, an and, like, doesn't he?
0: Oh, like, is he a famous dude, you're saying? Like, like, gets no, a special no, in the credits, credits,
1: there was, like, a person who got an introducing, or a... Uh, like oh paul winfield got
0: like a special note yeah but yeah
1: which one's paul winfield again is oh it-
0: he's the head of the treasury department like uh he was in like white dog and stuff like he he's a uh, actor of some note i think but, he's in terminator 1 paul winfield um
1: is he the guy that was in the helicopter at the end of the movie like yeah he's
0: like- the, he's the guy overhearing their conversations on the helicopter flying to the rescue kind of thing okay. like he's in charge of the treasury so yeah. It was just like a, I don't know who plays Frank,
1: but like so. why? Like I know who this guy is. Like yeah, he's in like a bunch of things that I've seen. But why was like why did he get the like featuring piece?
0: I think I think it was credited weird. It was like and a special appearance yeah. by Paul Winfield. And it's like what what like he's in several scenes. Like he's a character. I, I thought it was I like know. I
1: thought Paul Winfield was Frank because I was like oh Frank's kind of like a like a big like a like a. An actor of some note Like from the His earlier days So I was just like Oh maybe that's just Like a respectful thing Because he's so He's been around for so I, long I don't know why They tip
0: a hat To Paul Winfield specifically But I was happy It was there He was sure. solid Yeah he was um, solid
1: Yeah I totally
0: forgot about The bat cave scene In this <laughs> they Like it's just a Kind of high adventure Moment where Jess and Gabe Are kind of In this cave hiding And pan their Flashlights up And panic a bunch Of bats Yeah uh, Pretty cool.
1: Like, Honestly, doesn't really do anything. Well, because but. there's no, uh, like, there. it's all visual effects on screen. Like, it was digital effects. It was pretty
0: convincing. I was yeah. kind of wondering, like, what are, what's going on here? It's like a muppetry. So, what, Stallone what is and this? Jess,
1: like Stallone and the actor who plays Jess, didn't want to film with real bats, like, flying at them. So they cleverly mm-hmm. edited bats flapping with... Like the wider shots of bats flapping on them and that was all digitally done so they didn't have to act with freaking out bats type of thing.
0: Yeah. So uh but yeah, so they're they're in this cave, they're trying to climb up through to the next case, I guess, is kind of kind of the route they're taking. Yeah. Uh Leon, who is an actor and he just <laughs> goes by Leon, and I thought that was great. Uh, He plays this uh, one henchman who's pretty proud of his his fighting and shooting ability. Uh, So he negates uh, Quaylen's orders to like not worry about pursuing them down into this cavern. We're just going to blow it up anyway. He says like, no, no, just give me a couple minutes. I could totally do it. I'm really good at fighting. So (laughs) his own hubris really puts him in jeopardy. Do you recognize
1: Leon from anything else?
0: Uh, not personally, no.
1: He's what, uh, what's, we just talked about his movie. He was in Cool Runnings. He's the main, uh, Jamaican guy in Cool Runnings.
0: Oh, okay. I mostly remember Dougie. Doug. Yeah, Dougie. Doug. Yes, uh, there is the more dramatic arc yes. for one of them. Same year okay. too.
1: So he had a big ninety-three.
0: Okay. Um, so yeah, Leon goes down there. He's messing up Stallone. Okay, giving him some like light martial art business. Uh, he he emptied his clip though. That pays yes. off in a couple beats uh the big thing i i remember from this scene is he gets impaled uh, so okay
1: but before we get into that great yeah. ending um so we talked about this i think maybe on the podcast but there's a word out there that i dislike that gets used in a very gross way on from Dust till dawn okay and like uh like you remember cheech marin stands side of the the uh, strip bar and he's just like we have these type oh, of Oh yeah, things. we talked
0: about the predator joke uh, yeah. a couple weeks ago that uses uses this language. We didn't say it then either um, but whatever. Sure, yeah. okay. Yes. Anyway, so... Uh, Genital slang.
1: Yeah, and that it just, it put a, like that saying him how he said it, put that word in such a bad flavor taste in my mind that I was like, I'm never going to say that word. Um, mm. Leon is responsible for the first time I ever heard a word or remember hearing a word that I was like, that word is mean, like really mean and mean spirited. And it's when okay. he just like calls Jess uh, a a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate he that word. He says it
0: really angrily. That's yeah, what I mean. I really pretty, hate that it's pretty mean. Yeah.
1: I, I hate that word so much. I don't say it ever. Like I just don't I think it's well, I mean, I'm a man saying it to a another woman like woman seems pretty derogatory in my mind. But um mm-hmm. He's responsible for, like, oh, that's, I hate this word because it's so. He tinged it negative. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, anyways, um, just a, okay. a Leon thing. That's a that's a thing. I was reminded Just this Jackie Earl
0: Haley in Semi Pro says it in a really fun way, so. Which obviously is the first time I heard it. Bitchin' he is not
1: the same word. <laughs> okay. So. Derived from a similar root.
0: I don't Correct. know. Correct.
1: And completely different context. If totally I'm talking different about Dyson. Like, like, yeah. Yeah, it's that slather he's pulling Someone pulled on. a
0: cool skateboarding trick or something.
1: Like, I'll say Pussycat, or those are Pussy sure. Willows, but, like, that's not what we're Looney talking Tunes
0: about. gets away with that, too. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fine. So. Uh, okay. So, there's this fight with Leon and Gabe. I Okay. Does it feel like there's, like, a half beat missing yes. in this scene? Okay, so but that's because I, I, there is. It was like, did I just take a sip of liquid or something? Like, what no. happened? I feel like there's a sudden turn where, like, Leon has the total upper hand in this fight, and suddenly he's been foisted up onto a stalactite.
1: You know? So no, like, uh, you're not missing? you're not mistaken. So we're going to talk about. I, I'm going to start talking about this now. So there's an NC17 cut of this film, okay, with 20 minutes of additional footage, including a lot more violence. Sure. And um, one of the scenes is the it, – it's an extended fight scene between him and Leon that got too visually graphic for the sensors to not give an R rating to. Or beyond an R rating. Yeah. So they, like, they were like, we can't give this an R rating because it's an NC-17 rating for the scene.
0: Okay. And okay. so they had
1: to cut that scene down, and it kind of – they cut it down to the point where it, like, didn't – Like it's like one of those things you have to make a choice in editing. Like we can put a shot in that makes sense in the middle here, but it doesn't make sense because we got rid of something earlier. So they had to like assemble a cut of a fight scene that makes the most sense.
0: Okay. So like I would have assumed the violentest thing that could have happened in this moment was I am through stalactite and blood is running down it. That's what I I mean. Like you would, you you have to,
1: the work print exists. I have it. It's on archive.org type of thing it's okay. it's out there for the world to see. Uh you'll you'll be shocked sometimes what like have you heard about the story about Fast and Furious almost getting an R rating because of one one less than a second of footage? The first one? Yeah, the first
0: one. Was it like uh something people could do or something? No, so there's this guy at cars? the end
1: of the movie when they're having the heist with the VC, with the DVD players. Uh there's the shot of there's that one dude who's really grumpy with Brian all the time. His arm is caught up in a wire and he's stuck to the side of a the truck. Okay. And there's a less than a second shot of a like a close up of like the wire going into like digging going around into his, his arm. arm, and it's yeah. kind of mangled his arm a bit. It's not that vi- it's not that gross or not that violent. It's kind of like you can tell it's just fake blood over top of his arm. Sure. The sensors are like that's an R rating right there.
0: Like that's that's like a horror movie type visual. You can't have it. But kind barely. Like, Even,
1: I've seen the, yeah. the, the I've seen the full cut of the scene, and it's like, blink and you'll miss it. It's very clearly just his arm cut up in wires. So they cut that like that less than a second footage out, and they got a PG-13, and they were that close to getting an R. Wow, okay. So uh, I, what, what's I couldn't the tell beat you... missing
0: in this fight? Okay.
1: I couldn't tell you. Like, you'd have to go watch the work print. I only watched one scene in the work print. It's pretty terrible quality. Um, but... I guarantee okay. you, it's there's extra footage. of Everything I've ever watched. Work yeah, works. there's
0: just kind of a herky moment where it's yeah. like we've established there's stalactites. I get it, but it just seems like something must have thrown him off balance or something. Like something gave an opening for Gabe to do this, and whatever that was isn't well. Really and it there. could just
1: be a shot of like maybe he busted open something or got stabbed in a vulnerable area or something, something fell like, on
0: him. Like yeah. something else violent happened and it's no longer there. So it's a little, and they wanted little like uh, they're like. Yeah.
1: Because it's also possible the the rating board was like, "Hey, this scene's too violent. You can have one violent thing, not two. And so they, right. they got have rid the of something. Light
0: finish or this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's okay. like, well,
1: the selectite finish is kind of the big deal because it's like the icicle scene in Die Hard Two,
0: right? Which is also René Harlan. And like sometimes I mistake this being a icicle instead because earlier in this climb, there's some really fake looking plastic yeah. icicles. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of like. Fill it in wrong, but no, no. But to be a fair, a
1: stalactite kind of is like terrifying to me because yeah, they're just rocks. Like they're harder than ice. Like that's just a rock that is pointy. Yeah, yeah. And so Stallone...
0: Le- Leon is no more. uh That's not his character's name, but it's a great one yeah. name. Stallone so literally like
1: power presses him up into the ceiling. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, Stallone uh, physically is a beast in this movie. He is.
0: Like Oh, tons of, like, neck bulge craziness going on. He with is exertion. so
1: yeah. muscly. To the point where, like, at the beginning of the movie, when, uh, is it Sarah or is it Sarah who dies? Sarah is who plummets, yeah. He's holding on to her, and I'm like, there's no way that you can't just, like, easily curl her up to you. Like, <laughs> like I'm looking at slowed at his, his... But
0: they do a good job of, like, making you believe he couldn't because there's so much strain on his neck. You're I like, guess so. I'm just looking at those muscles. on like he can't. He can't. It's, yeah.
1: I don't yeah. know. I saw I saw Bruce Wayne. I saw Christian Bale with half the muscles d- pick up a Liam Neeson over his body. I'm pretty sure Stallone could pick up a Sarah just with a simple curl. Like 100
0: pounds. Yeah. Just throw her onto the line or whatever. <laughs> but apparently not. No. Uh. No. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, this is Hal coming through real big here in the cave scene because he steals a radio from the bad guys and gives them a heads up that a bomb's about to explode. Yeah. Uh, and they totally would have died if he, they didn't give them that so They, they, they start were trying running. to get their radio back.
1: Yeah, yeah, they start running, and they get over this footbridge, uh, and there's this great scene where they're running over the footbridge, and you can see a real-life stunt actor having to time his jump while he's still on the footbridge, and he has to time his jump from jumping from the footbridge to the like other side of the cliff while mm-hmm. the footbridge on the other side explodes and therefore loses its... like. Moment, like, uh, it's being able to carry weight. So, I watched this clip a couple times. I reviewed, like, I rewinded it. He jumps, honestly, just as it explodes. So, it's, like, literally the last split second he has to be able to push down his weight to jump without losing his feet underneath him. And I mm-hmm. was pretty impressed with the timing of the stunt. Like, it was...
0: like, it's... No, there, there's, in general, some pretty impressive stunts in this movie. Like, seeing real stuff go on is is still still pretty thrilling so yeah
1: yeah. uh but then this leads into the scene i was was talking about and it's in the trailer so uh they're on the other side of the footbridge but they're in the in our movie they kind of just like skip over the logic of like how did they catch up with the other group being on the wrong side of the bridge the original movie had a sequence where they're like we're on the wrong side of the mountain right and we have to get back to the other side there's no footbridge
0: yeah, you're right. Like this version of the movie is just like, whew, we escaped that explosion. Anyway, let's go get Hal or whatever. Yes, it's like next wait, step. But they're, uh, the the crevice. Okay, yeah. so so you yeah, don't think the about the original it. cut. So yeah. in the
1: original cut, the one I saw like just earlier today, the work print, they're over there and they got this rope and Hal's like, I'm gonna run and jump. So you, do you remember that footbridge, Nathan?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's like a the Temple of Doom style, like pretty, pretty it's substantial pretty rope bridge. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's the distance that Hal has to jump. Yeah. Between those two uh, mountains. And at
0: the very end of the trailer you shared with me, yeah. you get a little tease of this amazing stunt. Yes. Because. Uh, where he's just running full bore at like a cliff wall and like jumps and he's flying towards it. And then it's like, hey, this is coming to theaters. You got to see yeah. this. It's like <laughs> that <laughs> moment when you get to so. the end of
1: Fast Five you get to the end of the Fast 5 trailer and like Dom and Brian are just driving their cliffs off a, like driving the cars off a cliff and you're like that's a that's going to kill you if you land in that water there and then also like, the trailer hey, check ends, it out in theaters. And it was like they turned survive. to me and says we're seeing this movie cuz i got to see how they get out of that but then Nathan yeah. forgot this is the well that's actually not even true Nathan didn't yet know that this is the new Fast and Furious franchise where his physics don't matter so so they, they just, just land and they're, <laughs> they're fine. They land in water. They're fine. <laughs> they land in water, to be so fair. So I watched this, to be fair, that's cemented that speed anyways. I know, I know. Um, I watched this clip. I watched this scene play out, and he just, like, lands on the face cliff and grabs a rock. Whoa. That's all he does. He just runs and jumps, and, like, it's a, it's a pretty straight shot. Like, okay, you mentioned earlier Vertical Limit uh, having, like, similar stunts in, the, in this movie.
0: It it has kind of like an ice axe
1: jump like this, but yeah, they stage their scene to be a little more believable because the lip edge is a little higher and like yeah,
0: he's, he's jumping. So he gets to fall some, yes, to get to the, where other side. is yeah.
1: when you watch that trailer and you watch this movie scene, he's going like pretty straight across, like he's not losing yeah. height.
0: Yeah. The little story I read online was that like this was in the movie they showed off at some point to like yes. test audiences and it got like a huge laugh at that <laughs> part which to me sounds like hey that's a that's a reaction that's good stuff yep. like you got to keep that but it's, it's like no no this is supposed to be cool <laughs> so that's no, not No it the was back in those days for. when like
1: you have like you have soft egos like with these big action stars and it's like yeah. wait are they laugh they weren't supposed to laugh they're supposed to be like They're supposed to be wowed or yeah. whatever, right? And so, Stallone... Which I, yeah,
0: because like once we get into Fast and Furious territory, it's like, dude, they think I'm supposed to go? Yeah, that's cool. That Dom like jumped across a bridge and landed on a muscle car and was fine. No, no, he
1: catches a girl, girl mid air. You're you're even making it seem more lent, like less, more soft. He literally he, times he's like out. He's driving a his person. car to crash it on one side of the bridge to therefore go catch another person flying through the air, grab them, turn, and then land on a... And shields her with his muscles. With his back Uh, against a window. Yeah. Yeah. You're 100% right. But we watched the Fast and Furious movies and we're laughing at the ludicrousness of it all. But the Mm. movie wants us to laugh at those things. Whereas Cliffhanger Stallone did not want us to laugh, so he paid to get that scene cut. And it just, they cut out that sequence.
0: Right. There was still a scene that did make me kind of go, what? What?" He just jumps off a cliff uh, to escape from a man who's shooting a gun at him. And he just is hitting trees and tumbling down, like, this super steep black diamond, like, ski hill. Yeah. And just kind of shrugs it off (laughs) and keeps action heroing. Yeah. Uh, It's kind of the Keystone stuff from this genre, is moments like that. Yes. I don't know. It was, I, I know. It was I honestly,
1: wild. I kind of wish they kept the sequence because watching it, like it's, it is, it is like okay, the quality that I saw it on was, as if someone took a magnet to a VHS tape type of thing. Like yeah, uh, it's yeah, bad I've seen, quality. I've seen
0: some work print cut stuff on there, and it's it's. It's film that never made final kind of print or whatever. So it no, it's like, it's like it's like literally it.
1: a test thing that they just quickly copied to a VHS to give to the producer to go and check out dailies, whatever. Right? Early cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved that sequence. It looked like it looked like it would have been fun to have in the movie. Kind of the right kind of Gonzo. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, I would have been yeah. not upset to not have it, but hey, we didn't get it, and that's okay. Like, I, there's still enough in this movie that I'm having a good time. Um, so yeah, they catch up to the last uh briefcase and hal empties it out into his backpack because he's like we have to make a trade i mean sorry not hal gabe empties it out into his backpack and he's like we have to make a trade for hal so we're gonna mm-hmm. set up this like shtick where i'm gonna stand on top of a mountain ledge with the bag handing over it
0: uh, i'm gonna stop you because the the final moments of frank's life oh, that's have right. to be gone through and also yeah. my favorite scene
1: with michael rooker yeah you're also, mi- I'm also missing the Travers fight too. So
0: I know that's, that's what I'm going to bring up. Oh, the Travers bit. You're right. <laughs> yeah. There's three more action sequences. We'll be brief, I guess. But uh, yeah, Frank saves the base jumper guy, but then gets lured back up there to help Jess or whatever. Uh, they actually light a flare and have their pilot kind of lie down next to it to look like she's hurt and need a medical attention or whatever. Poor Frank runs over there and is so confused as to what's going on yeah. uh but he just gets shot like they they just shoot him really oh, and mercilessly and it's so cruel
1: because they they know like they let Hal go they're holding him like like yeah. holding him down they let him go to run towards Frank just as they know they're going to start shooting
0: yeah i feel like this was probably like for me the most dastardly moment for Quailen of like his line of just like uh Oh, better hurry! A friend in need—like he's yeah. taunting in this really yeah. mean way because he knows there's no way. Uh, and yeah, they totally kill, kill poor old Frank and are about well, no, like to kill Hal. Well, like this whole sequence because then yeah. this
1: this sequence naturally leads into the next one, where is like Travers and Quaylen starts having an argument about who's in charge, mm-hmm. right? And it's like Travers is like like knowing that because Hal mentions that. Hey like you're going to be dead after they find this last suitcase just like me and it kind of puts in Travers' mind like I messed up I shouldn't be here. He even at one point suggests like well, let's just call the chopper and I'll go home and I'll be a cop again. And it's like Quillin's like no you're a bad guy. You're now.
0: with us now. You're a criminal and that's it.
1: Uh, uh yeah. So Travers gives up. He's like uh he's like well I'm not going to work for you and I'm in charge because I know the codes. And then Quaylin was like okay so then he takes his girlfriend partner mm-hmm. and starts whispering into her ear like do you know what real love is and then he says then he stabs her
0: no no shoots her. he, he shoots says her. sacrifice and then just starts shooting like three bullets through her and it's the craziest yeah. squibs you've ever seen. And it's horrible. Like it's, it's th- This was also a thing where I was like, oh man, I remember being like younger and just being like, bad guys that killed their own guys are so crazy. That's like the craziest thing you could do. Yes. And it, it yeah, is, he plays that card. So
1: yeah, and he kills. His, she's like, the
0: only pilot other than himself. Well, and you get a uh, sense through the whole movie that she's
1: his one person he wants there. Like all the other people are hired guns. Like she's mm-hmm. his like one confidant. Yeah. And he just kills her, like, just pop, pop, pop. So Yeah, pretty psycho.
0: Yeah. Uh, so they're back, like, oh, I guess we're teammates again because we both have a bargaining chip over the other kind of thing yeah. and move on from that. So pretty pretty mean. Um, uh, they also decide, okay, well, the last case has been taken by Gabe. We don't need Hal anymore because that was the last one so uh english guy you you take care of him uh just keep it quiet or whatever yeah uh and yeah then then we have what's this scar- delmar is this uh soccer enthusiast i thought it was weird he didn't say football but whatever yeah Uh he starts kicking uh michael Rucker a bunch um And this, I guess this scene got cut down a little bit for the UK market because it's kind of gnarly. He's getting booted around quite a bit. Uh, But Hal manages to pull this, like, reversal because he he managed to sneak a knife off Frank uh, when he was trying to help him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stabs his leg and then reaches up and grabs the shotgun off his back and says, seasons over, asshole, and shoots him. (laughs) So... I like that moment quite a bit. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's, it's pretty it's like, great. "Oh, cool, someone else in this Stallone movie gets that kind of line." So yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh and then sends him falling over the cliff. The other bad guys assume it was Hal and are kind of annoyed that he killed him so loudly with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and things move on from there for the Travers fight uh with with Gabe at the lake or whatever. There's Yeah, at this... the lake,
1: at the lake. And it's a pretty yeah. like okay, So something that frustrates me about this movie, and we're going to get into it now, because Gabe has two big final fights Mm -hmm. um, against Travers and against Quaylen. You look at Stallone, and you're like, oh, there's a physically fit person who also happens to be Sylvester Stallone, like we know him. And then they get him to fight Travers, a middle-aged, not that fit, balding yeah, Agent. the actor
0: is Rex Lynn, and yeah, he looks kind of like a forty-five-year-old desk jockey
1: or something. Yeah, he's a, a little like bit. a dad yeah. bod type of the dad bod. Yeah, and he does have a gun though. He does have so. a gun, but then it it does like devolve into a fist fight, and then it it's a pretty cool death in that like he Stallone takes off his clothes and he goes underwater in the lake, and then uh, pulls Travis under and stabs him with a piece of. Ice? Yeah,
0: I, like, it's like uh, Gabe kind of set an ambush for Travers, where he kind of pulls him down through this uh, wooden walkway, yeah. but then it kind of goes awry because he plunges through the ice. Yeah. Uh, So Travers seems to have the upper hand, and he's just going to shoot him through the ice, but then Gabe has a gun. I think this is the one
1: time he actually shoots someone, Yeah. right? Yeah. No, but it's one of those, isn't it the, Um. it's not a real gun. Oh, is one it the of bolt those- gun? It's like the bolt gun that they shoot into the mountain to create like a new... Okay, yeah. So he right. doesn't it even have a gun. gun. He's still using climbing equipment as weapons type of thing. So okay. pretty okay. fun. I remember that yeah. being specifically when I watched it the first time. been like, oh, that's pretty awesome. Because it's like, yeah, those things are pretty intense. They're meant to shoot bolts into a mountain. Type yeah of
0: thing. and then I at, but like before it happened I was like oh I remember this kind of weird shot of like Travers bloody like sliding under the ice and yeah. that's like yeah okay it's there it is <laughs> it yeah. does happen uh, and then the setup for the the Quailin fight was something you were talking about with like he has the big sack of money and they're gonna do the trade and it's a pretty good bit like it's it's yeah, a fun oh, yeah. little fake out he pulls on yeah so on he Quailin.
1: Quailin has Jess at this point uh, he kidnaps her and so he's got a bargaining chip against Gabe, and Gabe's like, well, no, go put her down and then bring your helicopter to me and I'll throw the money on, type of thing. Uh, yeah. But to lower Jess down, she needs to lower herself down with this cable. And
0: Oh, that's how the cable gets in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind and of so scratching my that. So
1: he drops him down, and then Quailen's like, okay, comes closer, closer, closer. And eventually Gabe throws the money over the cliff, Nope. grabs the cable, and locks it onto... No, no, no. No. Go the ahead.
0: cool part is he throws the money up into the rotors. That's right. He throws the money like, into the, the rotors. Like, it's the ultimate FU it and explodes. everything you care about. Yeah. And
1: then he grabs the cable and latches it on to- top of this ladder that's going up the side yeah. of the mountain. And then he jumps off the mountain with the idea that he'll catch the ladder at some point and does.
0: Well, because Quaylen's trying to, like, cut him with cut the him blades. Up type of thing. He's totally enraged yeah. at this point.
1: Yeah. And yeah. then... Quaylen gets out of control. His helicopter starts falling over the mountain, causing uh, Gabe, who's holding onto the ladder, to be ripped off the side of the mountain and slowly go down with the helicopter until eventually they come like to a hanging point where everything mm-hmm. like gets stuck. And then John Lithgow, who I also like, so don't take this as a as a yeah. slight against John Lithgow and his like, performance as Quaylen, but somebody wrote down in a script... Quaylen has to fight, like, physically punch and beat up uh, Gabe. And then Ah. somebody was like, let's cast these two actors to be those characters. And they never rewrote this scene to be more, like, different. I guess this
0: is an okay point to, like, bring up this trivia. Would you believe Christopher Walken fighting
1: Sylvester Stallone? No. (laughs) Okay. That wouldn't help then. Okay. No, I I did read that line that he was almost... He was Quailin for a while and then they eventually he dropped out. Yeah, uh, pretty
0: late in the casting, they switched to John Lithgow and there was like a lot of critical feedback about John Lithgow's accent being bad. But then I was like, would you believe Walken yeah, doing an English accent? I feel accent? like Walken
1: would have been like in that fight scene and he would have been like, pow! And like while he's punching, Saloni <laughs> would have been saying, pow! Because that's what he yeah. does, right? I think uh,
0: one thing I'd give both of those guys is they're kind of tall and lanky in yes. a way, so like counter they can both yeah. play
1: menacing pretty well like um John Lithgow just came off of making raising Kane the year before where he played yeah a pretty I, was, menacing- I was actually
0: gonna allude to that. I didn't have that context when I was young no. but uh, he had some like Brian de Palma projects where he was like a crazy hitman or something yeah. and it's like he can play violent. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, as a physical like showdown with someone who's built their career around like being extremely like, Oh, he's an amazing heavyweight champ or whatever. Like, like being
1: physically, feet. especially because he looks physically fit too. Right. Like, I mean, mm. it's not the same as like Stallone I mean, Schwarzenegger versus like Lithgow. Cause it would be like, Oh, that's visually doesn't look right. Cause Stallone has always been like a slender, strong guy.
0: But Stallone
1: being as strong as he is and being, like, the character that he is in all of his movies, this scene becomes, like, this is where, like, oh, this is the most unbelievable thing in the movie that that Lithgow would be able to get, like, get him in some certain positions without using, like, dirty tricks. It would have been way better if they gave Lithgow a knife and he was, like... Yeah, I was
0: kind of hoping for a knife fight on this, the belly of this helicopter. But it's yeah, it's just
1: fisticuffs. Like it's just you and me now, or like,
0: and then they're punching.
1: Or Gabe has broken his his shoulder. His shoulder dislocated when he grabbed the with the ladder bit. You just have to have him be weakened in some way for Lithgow then to make sense to be able to take advantage of it. Like if he caught the ladder and he dislocated his shoulder, so when Lithgow fights him, he's punching the shoulder a lot and like causing Mm -hmm. that. Like that's in my mind the most realistic. But sometimes Stallone has like a clause where he says, "Oh, I can't come out too beaten up because I don't want to be."
0: Like, yeah, I, I didn't necessarily want to compare like the Seagal situation we talked about in Under Siege Two, where it's like I have to look good. It's like, yeah, but you're pudgy and awful. Yeah. like obviously, there was these contracts all you. back in
1: those days where it was like that. Like that's where it was such a big deal that like Bruce Willis walked out of Die Hard One like he did. Because people mm-hmm. were like, that's not what we saw. And I was like, it's kind of broken when you think nowadays, like action stars, like when I think of John Wick, it's like, no, by the end of John Wick, he is like a broken human being literally sometimes mush on the ground. Because the third one, he, it's, yeah. Uh, okay. But like, that's kind of what we expected of her. Because even when we think of Nat, Matt Damon in the Bourne movies, he's always getting beaten up. Like people are getting their shots in. Uh mm-hmm that's not how it was back in those days like it was like Stallone and Schwarzenegger were like they're they're worst no, that they'll I'm, ever I'm get is like action a hero I'm like they'll get a nick invincible. a nick yeah. on their cheek or their shirt would be ripped with a little bit of blood type of thing like mm-hmm. whereas yeah Bruce Willis <laughs> which, walks which out. is why
0: he fully jumped off a cliff and nothing happened yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, but yeah so they, they have this fight I kind of wish it was a bit more choreographed or drawn yeah. out or something but it's it's pretty quick little tussle uh shorts or stallone <laughs> says uh what is it uh keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle and yeah. then throws him back in the helicopter right before it falls yeah Uh, i really appreciated the touch of like zooming in on lithgow's face with yeah. the, it's
1: all bloodied up and going
0: ah as he just before he blows up
1: another uh, okay another similar shot that i noticed in another movie Uh, there's, again, like, a falling helicopter with a bad guy trapped in it in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and we get a Mm -hmm. shot of him falling and then to his death type of thing. I was just like, oh, is there just, like, somebody out there, like, just, like, multiple people that are just, like, cliffhanger fans, they're like, we're gonna reference cliffhanger in our movies going forward type of thing. Mm. But, I don't know. Yeah,
0: it vaguely reminded me of the Cradle Fight, too, which Michael France helped write that movie in Goldeneye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, so Paul Winfield and the Treasury Dudes arrive just after all this happens. Yep. Uh, and I, I kind of loved how quickly this wraps it up. Like oh, Michael Rooker's like, just...
1: It, yeah. Movies nowadays, like he literally climbs up top of the mountain. He's lying in Jess's arm and like Michael Rooker's there and they're all kind of laughing about what they just went through. And it's like, uh, where's the bad guy? At the bottom of the mountain type of thing. Good. like credits to start and you're like oh yeah that's right i remember watching a dirty harry movie where literally it was like dirty harry's running after the bad guy shoots the bad guy says something cops show up credits and i was like wait wait what what like dirty harry didn't get in trouble for killing yeah like i'm so used to
0: like a day new ma or like a little check-in with that character what's next for harry callahan it's just like whatever like (laughs) what's gonna happen with gabe walker like uh, he
1: survived done
0: and yeah. the movie over
1: and it's just like the movie the credits started so quick and i was like oh yeah this but it used to be that way all the time like there was mm. no like like final thing or little f- moment or something like that at the end of the action it was just no nope, cut over. to a
0: wide shot yeah and then words start coming up. yeah <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny
1: yeah i was i but i kind of like it because it's like we just like theoretically it would end on its best moment because it's the climax and then they're just like we don't need to say anything more because even like yes, mm. speed has like a funny scene after the climax. they have, they go back and cut to humor. Because I think it's like, um, uh, isn't he hanging out with Sandra Bullock and then they just drop jokes with each other or something like that? Or they're making, oh no, Sandy oh, Bullock takes like her drug- they
0: they have the it would be like if the crazy train crash happened. That still ends fairly abruptly like this, but they're like kissing and stuff and, and oh that's right, make some jokes about having sex and then. Cut
1: credits. Yeah, it's yeah. Speed Two where Conway shows back up again, and she takes her driver's test. Right,
0: the they do time. another driving test. Yeah. at the end of Speed yeah. Two. So, so I'm sorry, it's like, I got that hey, mixed up. I think this is the first back time to
1: that joke. First time in my life I got Speed Two mixed up with Speed One. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a sequel. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so that's cliffhanger uh, MVP time. Yeah, uh, I'll kick it off with uh, Michael Rooker. I think mm. Who's my guy. Yeah, I I enjoyed like even early when it's like, wow, that's really him sitting on the edge of that cliff with the flare. Like that's gnarly. I wouldn't do that. Um, but I enjoyed his little standoff with Delmar quite a bit. Like when he's kind of goading him with just like shoot and throws his jacket. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, who's shooting and they have their little fight. Uh, and Yeah, I guess they give him the kind of, like, being unreasonably angry with Gabe stuff that sort of just gets resolved because they're in over their heads in this crazy problem. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they don't really have a heart-to-heart or anything. Uh, It's just kind of, hey, I guess, given this life-and-death situation, I will no longer hold that against you. (laughs) Well, I think he was... you saved me and I saved you kind of thing. The movie's being,
1: like, the movie recognizes that he's the unreasonable one. So, therefore, he probably just got through... His, he's also grieving and gone through trauma, so he's just gotten through mm. his right. So yeah,
0: but you know he gets he gets a lot of dialogue here. He has some fun stuff with Frank and banana paintings and yeah. whatever. Like I I think it was just the first time I kind of was like noticing him and warmed up to him as a dude. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah I like him in this quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah yep that's that's my guy
1: michael rooker it's a solid choice uh, he's he's actually pretty fantastic and you're right seasons over asshole is a really good line so and i
0: think one of the deaths i really remember from this movie is the shotgun thing he does which i was like somehow a guy gets really blasted with a <laughs> shotgun yeah. and it's like oh it was michael rooker that does that yeah. okay so yeah. uh,
1: so my MVP is kind of lazy but i have a better reason for it like mine is sylvester stallone And mainly because, like, I mean, yes, there's all the reasons why I love this movie. I grew up a big Stallone fan. This is one of the more quintessential in my life growing up type of thing. I saw it young. I loved it young. Like, I've seen it many, many, many times. But as an Mm -hmm. adult now looking at it, I was really, really impressed by the, A, the opening sequence and the fallout of the opening sequence and how it's done type of thing. And Gabe, as a character, like, Stallone Mm -hmm. could have fallen into so many atypical, like, macho 80s, like, posturing type of stuff, things. Mm-hmm. And he chose to go a different route, which maybe I'm starting to realize now that that's always been Stallone's MO. Like, he's... Whereas, like, a Schwarzenegger can go be a a, a Vietnam War vet and come out being like, no, he's stronger than ever. Stallone yeah. goes and turns Rambo and becomes like, yeah, he's strong, but he's haunted, right? Or he turns into Rocky being, like, an everyman, like, worse than everyman because he's pretty dumb, into a mm-hmm. hero like Stallone's big shtick is how does he find the humanity in his characters even though he's pretty superhuman, um, and he
0: is contributing to the writing as that's, well and that's what I was, was trying is. to say
1: like I was getting to like yeah he also wrote this movie and I could see him putting a lot of that thought in there like into his final screenplay um, mm-hmm. so yeah I, I, I'm giving it to Stallone just because I, I, I've appreciated him more and more as I've gotten older as an artist and as a as a person um, because I think there is a duality to acting. I think it's, it's just as much like being able to deliver emotion and things like that, but there's also a physicality to acting that I appreciate. Um, And Stallone's a guy that like, he's always given his physical all to movies. Like he's always been like, my body's a part of my art and like the type of work he puts into when he makes a Rambo or Rocky film, like he makes sure that he's doing this stuff and he's learning it and things like that. And I just, I, I just appreciate him as an, artist even though he's not what you would consider like a high art guy
0: yeah i noticed this movie was nominated for three oscars but i think it was also nominated for like five razzies because we just hate him so much (laughs) he was just just this kind of weird
1: he was coming out of that era where it was like he could do no right in the late 80s early 90s where he was really just like bombing but to be fair Mm -hmm. like schwarzenegger was too around this era time too because in 93 the same year this came out schwarzenegger had one of his worst years because mm-hmm. um, he had Last Action Hero, his big blockbuster bombed hard. With uh, yeah, it was Jurassic a couple Park. months later, yeah, uh, and yeah. Stallone had a big year this year because he had Cliffhanger and Demolition Man, both were. Uh,
0: I guess incidentally, like uh, Jurassic Park stole all of Last Action Hero's box office, and it stole this movie's three Oscars. So, you know, oh yeah, we have that yeah. in common. It was Wait, all technical it, So it stuff. won
1: in all the technical categories that, that Cliffhanger lost in?
0: That Cliffhanger was
1: nominated in, okay, yeah. Okay, that, yeah. that's 100% It's fair. kind of fair, though, yeah. <laughs> Jurassic Park yeah. is a more like, important movie. Like, those bats movie. look pretty cool, but... Yeah, Jurassic Park know. is a more important movie than Cliffhanger. I just like Cliffhanger, so... uh, And yeah. I like Jurassic Park. It's not saying... Yeah, they're not comparable in my mind, but... um, Yeah, so my, my MVP is, is Stallone. It's his movie, but I also think he brought a a humanity that I appreciated in some of those sequences that I, yeah. I couldn't appreciate Yeah, and it's kind of nice
0: now that we're out of the feral box. We can
1: reward anybody.
0: <laughs> like, we should maybe yeah. drop that rule if we do another focus group.
1: Well, mainly one, because but... when we were in the feral world, there were some times where it was like, oh, yeah, he's not the best part of this movie. So that mm-hmm. was easy. But sometimes it was like, he's the only good part of this thing. So...
0: And I'm not allowed to say it, so... (laughs) But we did
1: it with Nicholas. I mean, to be fair, we did it with Nicolas Cage before, where there were multiple movies where I was like, I would only give Nicholas Cage, so I'm scrounging for Firebird's clout somewhere.
0: Oh, sure. Wow. Yeah, but we had the stunt thing, I guess, where it was like the aerial photography. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, Into question time. Uh, What movies do you wish did better at the box office? Oh, man. Uh, Either because you wish they could have continued and gotten sequels, or you okay. just felt they should have been rewarded for their creativity, or whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I totally know what you mean. Um, okay, give me a sec to think. Would you have some options while while I'm thinking? Yeah, I
0: have. I have a list of some. Uh, the first one that came to my mind was Alex Garland wrote this, uh, but Dread, uh, oh the yeah. reboot. Yeah, because you and
1: I wanted that. Se- those sequels, like those, are the easiest sequels to make, and. Yeah,
0: just put that character in more. You know, like we saw what happens on Thursdays, what happens on Fridays <laughs> yeah. in Mega City One. I want to know. Uh, so kind of di- disappointing that more people didn't go for that, because uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Well, and it was a. I but, thought it was.
1: We both thought it was a home run. Like it was like, why didn't people go for like it's violence, yeah. well staged violence, action, like yeah, cool. I think it was the. I think it was honestly the advertising. I think the the trailers. I, th- I remember it being, like, we were both on board with some concepts, but not necessarily, like, if you're an average fan on the street, you might not have been, like, who cares type of thing. Sure, I guess. Yeah.
0: Anyways. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. Um, another one for me is, uh, like, I view it as probably Tim Burton's best movie, but it did not get rewarded as such. Uh, Ed Wood, mm-hmm. the biopic about the filmmaker Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I got this black and white in 1994 you know it's a little niche i guess but i mean by the time i was theater going i i'd missed it already so i didn't help either yeah as a seven-year-old i didn't tug on my mom's sleeve and be like we gotta go see ed wood i love yeah. plan nine like it didn't that wasn't true so yeah uh third one here which mostly because i wish they're kept making these in perpetuity to this day uh ghost rider spirit of vengeance oh was fun you time. just
1: took mine <laughs> cuz i was like <laughs> in my brain i was like well the ghost rider franchise had the most potential because yeah. a ghost rider they still never really figured out ghost rider in either of those movies as a character mm-hmm. But we would have had Nicolas Cage playing more and like more, like
0: perennially appearing as this crazy hellbiker, yeah, and doing fun stuff. So yeah, I was hundred percent. Ghost Rider
1: was one of the ones that popped in my brain. I was just like, "Oh, I'm going to say Ghost Rider," but Nathan got me there. So good.
0: Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Hey, like, I'm happy because literally was just, got, the third one I wrote down. So. We wrote.
1: We have mutuality to that one. Like I, honestly, Ghost Rider would be, yeah, no, hundred percent. I would want more of those. Yeah,
0: like I kind of get why critics didn't get on board with it, but I like. That first Ghost Rider kind of blew up at the box office. Yeah. Like, it was it was a big hit in, like, February 07 or whatever. Well, so, was Nick like, Cage why was... didn't the good one make more money?
1: Well, <laughs> yeah. it, they waited too long, I think, is the big thing. Like, honestly, it was, like, what, five years later? And yeah. Nick, Nicholas's clout had dropped significantly. And they went in a... If you're a fan of that first movie, you're not going to be a fan of that second movie. We're more of a fan of that second movie. And because of the choices that Neville Dean and Taylor Taylor made. Yeah. Uh, versus... They lean more
0: into the commodity I care about. So yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah. Uh, one of my favorite comedies ever uh, didn't do really well on this end of the pond. I think it did okay in France. Uh, planes, trains and automobiles <laughs> wasn't really a box office hit. That's, and that's um, so
1: crazy nowadays. Cause it's such a, perennial classic, like, kind of b- much beloved now.
0: Kind of, yeah, it became, like, the Thanksgiving movie or whatever. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just kind of wish, in hindsight, it did better. Uh, I, I don't know what would have changed. Like, would John Hughes and John Candy have managed to sneak one more project in there? Like, the, I don't wait, know. Wait,
1: Uncle Buck wasn't... Was before? It was like? after. It, yeah. it was
0: after. So that got to happen still. And did but was Uncle like, Buck a bomb? I think it did better. I yeah. think it... I think that was a hit. So yeah modestly so and then everything after home alone like john hughes was gold boy so (laughs) i guess he could have gotten whatever he wanted but whatever uh one that one that took some thinking to get to but it's like oh yeah that really did not get justly rewarded uh david fincher's zodiac oh Uh, yeah like cost 85 made 84 like i can't can't call that a hit
1: release like it was so it was like not even. I think trying it was a to, March
0: release. Yeah, it was March like first So it week of wasn't March. even
1: trying to be part of the Oscar contention. And it was like yeah, the moment I saw it in theaters, I was like, oh, this is my favorite movie this year. And as the years have
0: gone, I feel the years have been kind to it too. Like yes. I kind of feel like it. It's like there's been a big like true crime wave. I feel like this is like the top of the crust of that like it's just like the classiest version well still that you could do like this yeah. almost
1: inspired a, a true crime wave to come back because fincher's kind of at the forefront of it with Hunter* 2 as mm-hmm. well i mean sorry um and zodiac like yeah no zodiac still ranks really high when anybody, anybody talks about fincher films so
0: yeah yeah it's just like i went and saw it in the theater. But it's just, you had to, like, know to want it. I don't, See, I don't know if it's, like, an impossible story to market. Like, a crime no one solved. If you know I... Know, but... um,
1: if I... My one Fincher thing... Because I would, I would say Zodiac is, like, a much-beloved film now. Kind of similar to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It would have been nice if they did better when they came out. But they're much-beloved now. The one thing that Fincher's done that I wish more people would be like, this isn't terrible, is the game. The game just, like, gets kind of, like... Oh, like that third act twist is really terrible, but I'm like but is it like the whole movie is No, about... that was that
0: was kind of a fun twist, I thought. I yeah. think that movie is aged into a good place, but I don't I, I, know. I just
1: I've recently come across some lists where people rank his movies and they're not saying it's bad, they're just putting it at the bottom. They're like all the all the other things are better and I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. I would put the game over top of a lot of his stuff, including Fight Club. So which I think It's that's... hard to say.
0: I, I, I feel like he's been uniformly pretty great, so yes. like I could see that being this weird thing where it ends up low like sort of like when we have a really great batch. Yeah. It's like I'm putting this in number seven, but it's really good. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Like I, that.
1: I uh I'm just saying like for me it is that nine point eight versus the nine point seven type of thing.
0: Like I'm thinking of like how it stacks compared to Panic Room, both which I find fun, but like it's probably better. But I like Panic Room. Yeah, I also so like just, Panic
1: Room too. I don't know. I know what you mean. So uh yeah. Okay. What else do you got for? your... And
0: then I'll I'll curtail into your your headspace a bit for that because I thought you were gonna say like a uh, girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, so he that's could I was gonna get to. Those. I just wanted to talk yeah. about
1: the the clout piece, but girl, like David Fincher's failed like sequel, Girl Who Played with Fire. Uh, yeah man, I would have, like, I was... Like, I was paying attention to news articles when he started making Gone Girl. I was like, okay, cool. He just makes it a hit. He needs a hit, and then he can go on and make Girl, Dragon, Tattoo sequel. And mm-hmm. then it just... Then Sony announced the Girl in the Spider's Web, and I was like, oh, it's over. Like, I'm not gonna get... Yeah.
0: Now, I'm not... Like, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I just... I also have Girl in the Spider's Web on here because I actually liked Claire Foy, and I oh, had I a fun too. time with that movie. Yep. Yeah.
1: No, I do, too. Like, I just... I didn't come out of uh I came out of Dragon Tattoo, like I saw that like movie three times in theaters, like in a very short period of time. Like I was kinda of mesmerized by it, even though it's kinda yeah. just a straightforward thriller. And it was because of that melancholic ending. I was like, You can't end a movie like this. Like this is not fair. No,
0: it, it sort of it really tees up more. Yeah. And then they never got to realize it. And yeah. like unlike something like Golden Compass where I don't really care. It's a little like <laughs> Man, like, you had a lot going on. I wouldn't have minded telling these tales in, like, a bigger way than, like, Swedish television or whatever made it before. So, yeah.
1: Um, Uh, And then,
0: yeah, sorry, go ahead.
1: The one movie, like, recently that I'm pretty bummed that didn't uh, was Northman. I saw Northman this year, and it's considered a big box office bomb at this point. Um, Okay. Honestly, it was probably made for too much money, and it was advertised terribly because... And they make it seem like it's viking gladiator but you watch it and it's oh this is a robert eggers Or yeah, film.
0: like it's like are these people trying to appeal to like 300 fans yes. or something? that's what like, they were trying to do, but that's it's like Robert Eggers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's that's the, the all the trailer is the first 30 40 minutes of the movie and then it's a different movie. And Eggers okay. is very much his stamp, but I just saw an interview with him the other day where he's talking about like yeah, I'm restrategizing my career because I don't know what I can do next and I was like, "What?" Like, we live that in a world sucks. where Robert Eggers can't make another movie, but Ari Aster can make a three-and-a-half-hour, like... <laughs> Just get a little jab in there. Yeah. I, no, no, I, I like Ari Aster, but I'm like, in my mind, I think I think Eggers is a little bit, like, is making more unique, like, individualistic art, which I think Aster's making really good pop art of mixing or, up other people's better, like, stuff around him.
0: Yeah, like, it's easy to like be like okay i kind of see what you're copycatting personally i feel with ari aster like yeah, it's no like, that's what i'm trying to say oh hereditary i get it you really like ira levin like yeah. you made a rosemary's baby clone very fun yeah. hey i'm making this crazy cult movie oh okay you really like the wicker man like Correct. making a little copycat of the wicker man very fun i didn't i like the lighthouse genre is just underexplored <laughs> not a lot of lighthouse films folk, you know?
1: folk folklore being played out that way like i would say david lowry's green knight is the other kind of example of like non-linear folklore telling where it's like hey we just took this ancient story which when you read it doesn't make any like a sense because just a series of things that happen and we Hmm. made it into a thing it's like do you remember you read beowulf right did you ever read beowulf
0: oh yeah i had to for english degree purposes (laughs) but then anytime they
1: make beowulf into a movie they try to put like the connective tissue in right even though it's just mm. a series of things that happen. And then they say, that's Beowulf, and it's...
0: It's novel, kind of.
1: Yeah. yeah. um Yeah, so anyways... Is that
0: the Northman inspiration point, is Beowulf?
1: Mm, cut. Like, there's definitely stuff like that in there. It's more like, it, I think, reading online, because I don't know Vulcan, Viking culture very much, it's, like, yeah. very deep into Viking
0: stuff. Or, or kind of, yeah, like, the witch kind of realizing, like pilgrim fables and yeah. like like fears and things and putting it together like well, and yeah you think that about kind how of much... like striving to make a movie that feels like it might have been made 300 years ago yes it's kind of a cool idea <laughs>
1: but anyway regardless um, i'm not trying to yeah. take down ari aster i do like his movies i just think that if we're living in a world where a guy like robert eggers who can make masterful films is worried about his career i'm nervous like i'm nervous for that world that was what makes me sad yeah so that's a more recent one. I'm happy to see that everything, everywhere, all at once is doing really well at the box office. Continues to, like...
0: Manage to get that sleeper hit kind yeah, of thing going on. Yeah, type of thing. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I was trying to think, like, through while you were talking. I was like... I think it's more like I've been bummed about turns franchises made. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I was like, oh, this was such a good building block. But then you guys kind of went down this, like... Other route type of thing, Uh, like Bay sticking around to the Transformers movies rather than jumping around directors or ideas earlier type of thing.
0: Oh, yeah, like by the time they finally made Bumblebee, it's like uh, people are kind of tired of this though. Yeah. Like you finally made a good movie, but it's sort of too late. That's you know? what I
1: mean. Like, yeah. so it's like why, yeah, it's too late. Whereas like I sat there being like, oh, it's not too late for me, but I'm looking around the room and I'm looking around the world and everyone's like, yeah, it's too late. And I'm like, yeah, it, it is too late. Like you guys messed up. You should have done. No, this I mean
0: like, I think I ranted on this show about extinction or whatever, whichever one had Mark Wahlberg and Dinobots in it. I was just like, wow, this is like you scorched and salted the earth here. This is done. And it's like, dude, Bumblebee's like in the 90%, you know, like people really say it's good. It's the guy who did like Kubo. And it's like, all right, I guess. Okay, I'll give it a try. But, but yeah,
1: you went and saw it just out of like for film nerd stuff. Not, and I liked
0: oh, like uh, what is Haley Steinfeld? Yeah, you know, like so I was like, there's things in here that could work. I'll give it a try, and it, it's okay. It's it's like they finally wrote a screenplay. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, so late, game, but it's so late in the game. But uh, it's so late in
1: the game. Yeah, too many stuff,
0: scriptments. You know,
1: yeah. Recent stuff. I'm like, I wouldn't mind like a detective Pikachu film sequel.
0: I kind of thought that did better than it did. You know, yeah. yeah. Like, I, like I was seeing as like, man, this is gonna do gangbusters. Like, I think it's okay, and I don't even like Pokemon. Like, kids are gonna go nuts, and yeah. it's just like, eh, yeah. It came and went, kind of.
1: Um, so. another big one is so after watching Shin Godzilla, I was like, oh, Toho is gonna start making live action Godzilla films again, all on mm-hmm. their own. And it's been years, and they're just continuing to make animes, and I'm like, just make more Godzilla or, films, like.
0: You know, Hideaki Anno wrote Shin Ultraman, which I'm curious about, but it's – I sure prefer more, more Shin Godzilla. Well, did you hear you he's know?
1: also made another Shin – there's another famous, like, Japanese character that he's already made since Ultraman has been made years ago and it's been shelved oh, because of the weird. pandemic. He's already made okay. and is preparing to release a third in the Shin series, which in is the, another
0: like, reinventing old old properties like, kind of stuff. Yeah, his yeah. like
1: the properties he grew up loving as a kid type of thing. But but regardless, i cool like still cool
0: creative initiative for him. I just hope like they like carry that success forward into other stuff that's what mean. i mean like they had i remember like where where's my shin smog monster you know what, what he, better like, time
1: well no shin godzilla was always gonna be a one-off but i'm like just go do more godzilla films like why are we not doing more godzilla films mm-hmm. people are clamoring for them like
0: i'm saying Hedorah should come back with like the climate change stuff you know yeah like come
1: on oh 100 yeah. it's easy easy <laughs> uh what else is there it's like
0: space junk comes back. You know, so I it's could like space not have. Hedora.
1: I'm actually coming up with more ones like like things I didn't want, which is like Rambo okay. Four. I didn't oh, Rambo Five, Last Blood. Yeah, I did not yeah. want Last Blood ever. At the moment they announced it, I was like, No, I don't want this. I don't want this, guys. I know and it's, then we saw it
0: with the kind of looks of horror on our faces as they took all their decisions there. So, yeah.
1: And we're just like, oh, you made Rambo racist. I know he was already on the line, but you just put him into that camp. Like, I didn't said-
0: need to make that canon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's really dis- disappointing. Yeah, it was uh, disappointing. One for me I know I don't have much support on. I just really found it fun and wish they could continue was Matrix Resurrections. Like oh, yeah. I was yeah. in a headspace where I was like, "Man, this is awesome! People are gonna be stoked!" And it's like fifty, like five on IMDb, and it's like, "Oh, all right, people are mad for some reason, but whatever." Well, it's because so, okay, it's I always- had my own little like Matrix, and I'm so here. happy.
1: Honestly, I'm so happy that someone liked Matrix Resolution Resurrections because, uh, because I want somebody to like that franchise but man I just thought of another one by the way Uh, but man I was just like it's so easy why they didn't like it it's because like the Matrix they mask all of what they were doing in Resurrections with action this movie Resurrections was just like we're just not gonna mask it anymore we're just gonna that's all we're gonna do is the heady stuff
0: and like talk about how we can't hit that level ever again yeah. and joke about it and i was like it. oh this is funny then, and it's Nathan, like can I tell well you the action all- scenes aren't that good looking it's like i know but i think it knows and it doesn't
1: care But that's the that's thing so cool. that's where that's what frustrated me the most about that movie i think i would have been on board i might not have liked it but i would have been more on board with resurrections if they just didn't do action scenes but then they had they had yeah. that action scene in the warehouse and i was like who thought on set that this looked good was mm-hmm. Jessica Henwick there being like, this is better than Iron Fist? Cause she was on Iron Fist and it was a terrible show, but I was like watching it being like, Iron Fist had better fight scenes than this. Like
0: <laughs> But Jonathan Groff was being catty during
1: it. So I know. it's fun. And then you have yeah. the Merovingian Mar- show up and just be super... The Merovingian was there. I yeah, know. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I'm it's... so happy you liked it, honestly. Uh Speed Racer 2. I would have been all for Ochowski <laughs> Brothers sisters uh, speed racer franchise because I was yeah. I saw that at, I, I, I missed it at the main theaters because you were pretty grumpy about it and I was like okay so I finally twisted your arm to go see it at the cheaps mm-hmm. and I loved it and, and all
0: I saw during that time was this like chimpanzee and this little kid <laughs> cracking jokes and I was like what is this and then later it was like eight dollars in a Walmart blu-ray dump in or something so I picked it up. And it's just like, oh, wow, this movie looks crazy. I have no, to give and it that. The thing, it's, it's like, like wild-looking, wacky races, the movie. It is also like
1: know? a – it is one of the greatest Blu-rays ever made, right? Like just
0: mm-hmm. – yeah. Uh, Color
1: okay. tones and whatever, yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I – But that – okay, but this is sort of revisionist because it made like $800 movies. This is what I was going to get at because I'm like <laughs> – you know. Here's the thing, I I still don't really wrap my head around what happened, because you and I went and saw that in theaters, and everyone there seemed like they had a grand time. Mm -hmm. I know multiple people saw it multiple times, it made a crap ton of money, it was well reviewed, and then somehow, out of nowhere, the internet turned on and said... We hate it, and now it is considered to be like Spielberg saying, I'm sorry, George Lucas being fired from the franchise, and I'm like, what happened?
0: No, it it definitely, like, like, I don't know if it was kind of like with me and the first prequel movie where, like, my peers were mad about it or, like, parents of friends and stuff, and it's just like, all right, I'll just quietly, like pretend i also thought jar jar sucked or
1: something you know
0: for a few years or but whatever but like your friends parents, wait till the dust settles
1: your friends parents didn't go on reddit like that weekend no the
0: yeah that that era of like grouching couldn't have happened so i feel like yeah with with uh, Indiana Jones, it was like I saw it three times, and each time the people I saw it with were like angrier at it. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> so so you and like, I saw
1: it the first time together, and we both walked out being like, we
0: left like pretty stoked, and yeah. then like second time it's like, and then third time it was like, oh, this person I brought is mad at me. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, all right, I guess everyone decided they didn't want to have this kind of fun,
1: or but whatever. they took them three viewings to, to decide that type of thing, like right. Yeah. Like,
0: well, what about the fire ants? It's so like I know this franchise monkeys. is it's continuing. Like, know, We're getting a yeah. fifth
1: movie and stuff like this, and I'm 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 gonna see it. I'm gonna be excited about it. I just we had such a long gap between them because of this like reaction, and and George and Stephen like real life relationship was hurt from it too, uh, which yeah. really sucks. Uh, Tintin, where's that Tintin sequel?
0: I do want that Tintin sequel. I kind of wished Europe would come up big on that. In a way that was like, Well, we obviously have to make it. Yeah. Because look at Belgium or But then whatever.
1: Peter Jackson got distracted, like he was supposed to direct it and got distracted by the Hobbit films. Yeah. Yeah I still, at least still we didn't get Warhorse 2 either. You, so. Honestly, you could make that movie anytime because it literally are just like two dudes being then like digitalized. It doesn't so really
0: matter how old they are you know just yeah. get
1: them to cg up and well like, and then you then you just like cg them jumping around if like if all of a sudden Andy Circus is too old to crouch down everywhere but that guy was sure. still he's still doing all sorts of stuff so i don't yeah. know yeah
0: i hope it's still on the books somewhere but yeah. yeah
1: but i mean that type of animation's not really a thing anymore which makes me what that's what makes me nervous hmm so yeah uh yeah I'm honestly, I'm having trouble thinking of older stuff because I think I maybe have put them to bed. Like, if I went upstairs to my room right now and looked at my movies on the shelf, I'm sure I'll come up with a huge list of, like, oh, this one, this one, this one. But if there's or older... Just, just
0: touching on animation briefly with Tintin, it made me kind of, like, I just saw the Bob's Burgers movie, and that's like, oh, this is, like, the first traditional oh, yeah. animated movie in X number of years. And it's like, really? Like, what happened? Like, I like those. I think they look fun. Yep. Yeah.
1: You know, well, Disney abandoned it. Is it? It's honestly what it all came down to. Did like,
0: Princess and the Frog not do enough? Kind no, of thing? it did. Really we were bad. there. Yeah, Bruce we were there. And Alan uh, Menken and
1: it did not do well. No, uh, Keith Simpsons David. Simpsons movie too. Where's that thing? I know there's been a plethora, there's been an abundance of Simpsons content since the Simpsons movie, but
0: yeah, it's 15 years ago. Yeah, but and it was huge. Yeah. It did really well. I just so. yeah, I just kind of like how animation looks on a big screen. It's oh, big time. Colorful. Yeah. It's especially. Vibrant. You know?
1: Especially hand drawn. I don't even. I'm not convinced, though, that, like, Bob's Burgers and Simpsons are fully hand drawn anymore. I think there's a lot of. Oh, no. There's painting. tons of
0: computer business happening. Yeah. It just kind of has that 2D, yeah. plain kind of look. So.
1: Honestly, yeah. I think if Disney put out a 2D animated film, it would be a giant hit nowadays. Because I think there's so much nostalgia and love for that type of animation. Oh,
0: yeah. there Wasn't there. I don't remember what it, like what it's called but there was like a Pixar short that was sort the of Paper this, like, Man. halfway it was a, yeah, it was a yeah. Disney
1: short actually but it was the Paper paperman it played with uh I think tangled or something like that or frozen
0: i I thought that was like sort of a proof of concept for something they were gonna do like a, a fe- feature length thing yeah but, it, but then they've been so just far nothing
1: they've been playing it safe since then they had their models and, and stuff like that now so yeah yeah
0: okay anyways well I hey. guess Japan you know you Good. still get anime.
1: Yeah, it's true. But, yeah. Uh, good question, by the way. This is a good question.
0: Oh, okay. so I'm glad you. I hadn't asked it before. I sometimes have to check. <laughs> but whatever. Um, But okay, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to send us some questions or comments, email Ryan at Okavio.ca or Nathan at or tweet at OkVideoPodcast Podcast or comment on our Instagram, also OkVideoPodcast. Podcast. Uh, next week, we are Taken to the Skies on board Con Air, directed by Simon West and written by Scott Rosenberg. And what do you know, Nicolas Cage will once again be featured on OK Video. Who could have thunk it? I'm Nathan. (laughs) And I'm Ryan. And you know what they say, if you got time to flip out, you've got time to flip burgers.